Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr. Zong! is just like cut the intro from last week's show last time show last two weeks ago and just put it on here so i can talk less yeah yeah well welcome to silver and gold i am the loaf and with me dr zom um so i guess this week we (laughs) may talk about two movies Dite, Child of Man, or Dite Meniskebarn. Yeah. And um, from 1946. We haven't done a movie that old in a long time. Um, That's when I was born. Me too. Weird. Yeah. Uh, And then Sudden Death, uh, an Eddie Romero flick from 1977. Um, yeah, we'll talk about those maybe today. So, how are you, sir? I'm doing uh, pretty good. I'm just um, we're getting we're we're uh, wait the early bird catches the worm. Yeah, we like worms. Mm, juicy long worms. <laughs> I feel as though Slurp. I possibly may be cultivating a a a uh, a bit of a zit. Oh. Um, but it hasn't. It's not there yet. But I think maybe. So I better get something on that. Yeah, I need to do something different because, like, I shouldn't be. You know, you shouldn't pass forty, and still have to deal with acne. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what everybody thinks, but it's not true. Yeah. I just want just I guess the acne should just move to your ass or whatever. Stay off the face now. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Zitty butt. Yeah, you gotta sit on your ass. You don't have to sit on your face. <laughs> that's what, that's other people's jobs. Yeah. Dig it. We're dirty. What? This is adult themed. Yeah, sorry. Just should have put out a disclaimer. It will be a rated <laughs> rated R show this week. Yeah, we're gonna cut loose. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing going on here. Uh, it's been a really shitty couple weeks at work uh and other than that i did watch movies so that's cool you mean shitty in a bad way yeah shitty in a bad way it's been pretty not good it's crappy yeah yeah hopefully that clears up doubtful toilets or anything yet or what's that cleaning toilets it would probably be better 
<laughs> Do they have a test for that? I still haven't passed that fucking test. God I didn't. I haven't tried again though. I haven't really had a chance. It's like you know, I was you... always the kind of person that like I would just quit. Not, I mean, like you know, at anything like the test, anything. I wish I could. I, you know how some people, um, some people like you, you never quit. You, 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 you try and give it your best and all this over. I would just quit. Oh, I'm uh, a yeah. big, I'm a big quitter. And when it yeah. gets close to that time, I'll start reaching out and just, I need somebody else to just kind of like verify me. Yeah. Uh, I did, I like the sec, so I did get a degree the first time, but the second time I went back to school to try to get a second, a bachelor, second bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was, ended up not working nearly as well as I hoped. Um, the timing, because like, they ended up, they were like, oh, no, it's going to take four years instead of two. I'm like, well, if I can't afford that. I can't afford right. to live here because I was going to be taking like one class a, sem- a semester by the end. Yeah. So it was, I had homework due over spring break and I was just so fed up with everything. And I just, I called my mom at like midnight. I was like, I'm thinking about dropping out. She's like, what? I was like, I, I, I can't stand this. I just want to quit. And she's like, Oh, well, do what you got to do. I was like, yes, that's all I needed. (laughs) (laughs) I just needed someone else to give me the word. (laughs) I needed a thumbs up from somebody. So I just want to coast through life. I don't want to be challenged. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will bring my own challenges. I don't want someone else to hand me challenges. I just like my challenges are like if I have like four comic books and (laughs) I read two of them and then I start like the, I'm in the bathtub and I start getting like where I just want to get out, but I, I read like a one or two more, <laughs> but I don't want, you know, work challenges. My challenge that. would be like, I've hit hour seven on the couch lying on my right side. And like my face starts to get a little sore from the pillow. And I was like, Oh <laughs> man, I really need to like flip over. So my feet are at the other end so I could lay on my left side. And that usually takes about an hour to make that decision. So or, or like you're laying there and you're like, man, I really got to pee, but I don't want to get up. <laughs> yeah, so you, maybe it'll subside. If you can lay on your side and kind of like squeeze your legs together a little bit, yeah, and that, that that buys you at least an hour or two. Like you have to control yourself. <laughs> that's that's the kind of challenge I want in life. Speaking of comic books, did you go to well, one? I guess you didn't see the new Guardians movie yet. Not yet. Did you? No, no. I figured it was going to be super crowded, and yesterday I did other things besides movie. And um, today we're recording. Um, the yeah, other thing I'm was thinking this week because um, I, I have. Uh, no, wait a minute. Well, I have next. Oh, like uh, uh, Friday, I get off work in the morning, come home, go to sleep for a couple hours, and then go to the early show before anybody gets off work. Yeah, get it out. Obviously, uh, it'd be too crowded today. I think. Yeah. The um, but. Yesterday was free comic book day, so that was kind of neat. I I wasn't really planning on going. I haven't been in a few years, um, but the there's a comic book shop really close to me, and I didn't realize from the name of it that it was. I, I never like put white two and two together. Comic shop? No, it's it's called Ultimate <laughs> Comics, but it's I didn't realize it's there's like two other ones around here, and I'd been to one of them. I lived close to another one in Durham, um, but. They had this huge thing. I, you know, I swung by yesterday, and they had a tent outside and fucking like 
old back issues, and mm-hmm. I didn't really buy anything. I, I took all the free stuff for the most part, and um, you know, kind of thumbed through. They had like fifty percent graphic, fifty percent off graphic novels, and mm-hmm. uh, lots of back issues. And it was like a super. It was kind of neat seeing. I had never seen a, you know, I'm used to the old free comic book day back in the day where you'd wander in and there'd be like ten people. Nothing really going on, and this was like a, yeah. a tent outside. They had a few artists there signing stuff and draw, making doing sketches, and it's like they really put a put a lot of effort into it. So it's pretty neat. I got I have so much shit right now to read. I I often wonder like when I'm online and I'm looking and I'm like, why are you why are you even thinking about getting more shit? Yeah, I probably have enough stuff now that I wouldn't have to get anything new for. A goddamn year. Oh, I'm I'm way more than that because I I'm yeah. a, I'm still reading you know seventy Spider Man stuff. Yeah, I mean there's stuff from the dusty fucking comic books or the smoky comic book store. Yeah, that you know. I love the smoky so. red. I love the smoky establishments, <laughs> especially the ones like the really local one where you hardly have to move at all. Those are really good. Nice. Yeah, don't you have to That's go the anywhere. white supremacist one. <laughs> Have you Wait. ever had a situation where you like okay, not just saying like that, but like where you went into a place or got invited to a party or something like that and and you you were in there and you were like everything was fine and then all of a sudden it was almost like a I remember a couple of my friends went to a bar uh, up in Morgantown, which is where WVU is caught big college town and everything. And uh, they went to some bar and they said they were sitting there and just having a good time talking and they're playing music and they are ordering beers and stuff like that and everything. And they said it was almost like a, a fog lifted over them, uh, you know, or a fog lifted. And all of a sudden they looked around and it was like all the women were with women and all the guys were with guys. And then they looked at each other and were like, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was like the the wandering into the Blue Oyster Bar on yeah. in Police Academy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I've had that with people, like where I've walked by somebody or something. And then and I was like, you know, I have just walked right by somebody and it was like I was a, to- like I was a total stranger. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit. Or even at work where, um, I'm doing something and then just suddenly it just is, everything is just really clear to me. And I'm like, Oh shit, how the (laughs) fuck did I do that? You know, know. but I've never, I don't think I've ever like been at a KKK rally or not. I mean, yeah, only, only, I only go to those when I know ahead of time. So yeah, I mean, I realize it. (laughs) I've never been by accident. Because like Trump's up there speaking and shit, and then you're like, okay, I mean, I'm where I want to be. Uh, so, uh, what have you been watching, reading, playing, doing this week? Well, okay, some of these I've already talked about, so I'll go quickly. And I didn't watch very much because I got engrossed in something else. Dig it, pussy. Mm. Um, no. Um, (laughs) okay. Uh, 2003's Lost in Translation, which was written and directed by Sofia Coppola. That's a good one. Well, the reason I bring this up, uh, at the very beginning, okay, she is, of course, a lady director, 
And if a guy would have done the shots that she did with Scarlett, they would have accused the male director of being a misogynistic (laughs) creep. Because the whole, the very, you know, the first shot is just them going down her body and she has like a kind of almost like see-through panties on and just focusing on her ass and just like showing it. So I don't know if... Oh, yeah, the title just shows up right right over her butt crack. But it's not just that. I mean, there's several times in the movie where she is in her hotel room with nothing, with just panties and like a little t-shirt on. And Sofia Coppola must have been in love with uh, Scarlett's ass, which I don't fucking mind. I mean, I don't mind that. who isn't? Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind Alice Eve in Star Trek getting into her bra and panties. There was another one I saw here recently where it was something like that. Oh, Whiteout with Kate Beckinsdale. She comes in. She's in a Arctic, uh, uh, what do you call it, weather station or something. Mm-hmm. Like almost like uh, the thing with Kurt Russell, and she's a U.S. Marshal. She has her parka on and everything, and she comes in to the place from outside where it's snowing like crazy. Comes in right at the beginning, goes right to her room, starts to undress all the way down to white panty and uh, uh, panties and white bra, and it was spectacular. But there really was no reason to show it other than you know, hey, hey. she had a nice little body. Uh, let's see, uh, 1966. This was directed by Ronald Nimi or Nime, uh, written by Jack Davies, and it is called Gambit. And this stars Shirley MacLaine and Michael Caine. And this was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Herbert Loam. Um, Michael Caine is kind of a cad and a thief and a con man. And he gets little Shirley MacLaine, who is really cute and young at this time. And he's going to um, have her in on one of his scams. I liked it. Liked it a lot. One, two, check. I think it may have been remade with like Cameron Diaz and fucking Colin Firth or something. Really? What was the name of it? Gambit. Hmm. Was Was the remake called Gambit? I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. 1961's The Children's Hour. This was directed by William Wyler, and uh, it's based on a play, I believe, by Lillian Hellman. And um, stars Audrey Hepburn, Shirley MacLaine, little Shirley MacLaine again, and James Garner. Um, This is one of those movies that you see, like I said, 1961. And the subject matter is surprising for that time. I'm not going to say what happens or anything hmm. like that, but it's uh, I'm surprised that they allowed them to do what they did. Yeah, I think I, like I think you. Yeah, let's see. We got Colin Firth. I'm, I'm still on. <laughs> I'm still on Gambit. 2012. An art curator decides to seek revenge on his abusive boss by conning him into buying a fake Monet. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> What? Uh, sort of different. Cohen Brothers? That's Cohen Brothers? Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote it. Hmm. Maybe I'll check it out. Oh, they only wrote it. Michael Hoffman directed it. I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, it might be all right. Might be worth a look. I mean, huh. I've, I've watched worse things lately. Colin Firth. Uh, yeah, Cameron Diaz is in it too. C- Tom Courtney. Courtney. Alan Rickman. Hmm. Cameron Diaz has really long legs. <laughs> um, did you ever see her like little uh, softcore S and M video when she, before she became famous? No. 
She has like black leather on and whipping, and she, she has have dark hair. hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel like she has. She's... And shows her boobies, which you know she has small boobies, but anytime you get to see boobies, yeah, especially on a famous boobie. Famous boobies um, are the best boobies. Yeah. Uh, let's see, 1979's Being There, directed by Hal Ashby, written by Jersey Kozinski, and this stars Peter Sellers, Shirley MacLaine, and Melvin Douglas. And let's see, Richard Basehart. There's a bunch of uh, old school Jack Warden's really good in it. Uh, um, this was uh, pretty good. I think uh, Peter Sellers got nominated for an Academy Award. Um, he kind of plays a uh, a gardener who is a bit challenged, I think, mentally, mm-hmm. and uh, due to s- just through a set of circumstances, uh, he becomes quite more than that. But I liked it, like Shirley MacLaine. Love Shirley MacLaine when she was young and cute. Love her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did I say last week that I watched Shampoo? Not yeah, last week, but... Yeah, 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 I remember that. Okay, Shampoo. Watch that. Um, 1993's Manhattan Murder Mystery. This is a Woody Allen directed and written movie. You might have mentioned Star- that one, too. Did I? He starred in it, too. Or was it that uh, one? Maybe you watched... Did you watch Husbands and Wives? Yes. Maybe that was the one you mentioned. Because uh, I got on a Shirley MacLaine and Woody Allen kick, which I still have uh, several Shirley MacLaines that I rented. I haven't watched yet. This one also stars uh, Alan Alda. Um, it's all right. Uh, I like the relationship stuff. I really wasn't that big of a, you know, kind of a kind of a... Uh, sleuthy uh, misadventures of some amateur detective kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't like my favorite Woody Allen. I just like when he has like deals with like relationships and yeah. stuff like that. His awkwardness. Yeah. 2016's Live By Night. This star was written and directed and stars Ben Affleck. Uh, I don't know. It's all right. It's not bad. It wasn't horrible. Is that the it's, gangster uh, movie? Yeah, it's a little bit above average. Okay. Um, he. What era? Might, what era is it? Uh, this is like uh, in the prohibition. Oh, okay. Kind okay. Of Al Capone-ish kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and nothing surprising. I like Brent, Brendan Gleeson's in it. Not a lot, but he's in it. Ooh, Santa Miller. Zoe Zaldana, uh, Chris Cooper. Um, it's all right. It's not great. Um, I'm not the world's biggest Ben Affleck fan as far as his acting goes. Yeah. But uh, like I said, a little bit better than average. I kind of sat on it for a while because I heard a lot of bad things. But, you know, it's worth a watch. Okay. I wouldn't buy it, but, you know, one time watch it. It's not too bad. 2016's Patriot's Day. And this was uh, Peter Berg written and directed. And stars the Wahlberg, Marky, your favorite, uh, Michelle Monaghan, who I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, there are a few actresses that just seem to play the same role over and over and over. <laughs> Michelle Monaghan is in that kind of thing right now. Wahlberg, they could have had anybody in the lead 
to the of this he doesn't necessarily have to be in it but because it was about boston and he has a fucking boner for anything boston uh, like uh that's his hometown uh, man kicking old men's eyes out in boston um but he's really cool now he he put that behind him i think they're opening a i think they're opening a wall burgers here awesome maybe donnie and mark will show up but i will say this this has kevin bacon in it and J.K. Simmons. Okay, so that's two <laughs> pluses. Wahlberg, like I said, he wasn't bad in it. It was yeah. just, you know, uh, this is pretty good, pretty intense. You know, one of those, uh, you know, they did this to us, and now we're going to whoop some ass. But, you know, more than that, I mean, it's kind of disturbing how these people were. Uh, if it was real, if it wasn't a false flag, said that the Red Sox would win. This is our fucking city. What was what was more what is there more of a chance of being faked the bombing or the Red Sox winning the World Series? Uh or was it both did they let did they do it so that the Red Sox would win the World Series? <laughs> like wait, well the Red Sox didn't need to win that World Series. They had the the curse was was dead. Okay. And that's a that's a long one, Mike. That's a that's a that's a months long scam. Like they'd yeah. have to figure out how to win just enough games, and you know. Well, it's almost like the scam that there was a curse. Right. Right. Because we all know that Jesus hated the Red Sox because of what was it a goat or a fucking Babe Ruth or Bill Buckner or what what was it was it a goat or no that was the that's, the, that's Chicago it was yeah it was it was the curse of the Bambino from for selling him and I don't know I don't know that he ever actually said anything yeah he didn't give a shit he just wanted to drink and fuck yeah and he probably did a lot of that with his big bulbous fucking WC Fields nose and uh, gut <laughs> and gut uh, 2007 Zodiac David Fincher who I heard was going to direct what. The other day, David Fincher was going to direct something. I will look if you want to keep going. Okay. Uh, of course, we've talked about this before. Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. pretty much playing every role, uh, just being Robert Downey Jr. Um, I really like Jake Gyllenhaal in this. Set it before. Say mm, it again. I only see rumored to do World War Z2. Uh, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, 2009's Whiteout. Which I talked about with Beckinsdale and her cute little body, which you see there right at the beginning and never again in the movie. But she pretty much um, um, this wasn't bad. This was pretty intense. She's out there in that outpost. Uh, you don't know who it's almost kind of like Outland with Sean Connery, which was also high or which was, of course, first high noon with uh, Gary Cooper. Sort of like that kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. Dig it. She's cute. She's a tight little body. Did I say that? I think oh, did. and it also it also has that guy from Suits in it, um, Gabriel Mock, or Mocht, I think it's Mock, and Tom Skerritt is looking really old in this because he is really old. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. He was in fucking Mash, and that was like probably early '60s, and uh, he's pretty old. I saw I watched The Rifleman with Chuck Connors uh, the other day, and the reason I watched it is because I was just flipping channels and it was on, and Dennis Hopper was on there. It was pretty good. Chuck Connors was big. He grabbed Dennis Hopper by the throat and like had him up against the wall because Dennis Hopper was like a uh, could shoot really. They were in a shooting contest, 
and Dennis Hopper could draw. He's like almost like a Billy the Kid kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But Chuck Connors grabbed him by the fucking neck and said, look, you little fucking piss ant. <laughs> I played for the Cubs and the Celtics. Um, let's see. Cast a Dark Shadow from 1955, directed by Louis Gilbert uh, or Gilbert. Um, writer was, uh, what's his name? Oh, this is based on a play by Janet Green. And it stars Dirk Bogard, who I like. Um, this one is one that I found when I, I kind of uh, went down a rabbit hole on YouTube. You find one YouTube channel that has a bunch of old movies. Mm-hmm. There's somebody on there that has a whole shitload of old Dirk Bogard movies. Nice. And um, he's uh, uh, like one of these dudes that goes around and uh, seduces these women and then uh, – you know, they fall in love with him and think he's a shit, but he's uh, not. He's a jerk. He's a shit. No, he's a shit and a half. Um, let's see. And the other thing that I think this might be my last thing, but um, so we're going pretty quick here. Um, the reason I didn't watch very many movies is because they had True Detective season two on iTunes for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. There you go. And um, I had not seen it. And I heard a lot of bad things. So I decided to go ahead and get it and watch it. Now, it's only eight episodes. Started out after, I think, like three episodes. I was like, well, this isn't too bad. You know, Vince Vaughn isn't too bad, you know, because I was kind of like, why would they fucking Vince Vaughn? You know, why wouldn't (laughs) you get somebody? Um, The rest of the cast is pretty good. I like that little Rachel McAdams. She's kind of a toughie in this. Uh, She wears some real tight jeans. She's a cop. (laughs) She don't take no shit. She has like a tight jeans. Isn't that a Euro crime movie? (laughs) Yeah, but it was fucking uh, uh, Fernando Lamas. Yeah, no, he had. uh, It was cop in blue jeans. I think Million did. Okay, yeah. I think that was uh, one of his garbage can characters, Moneza. And it would be like, yeah, summertime, and he has like a fucking wool fucking toque on. <laughs> See how it said toque? Like I'm from Canada. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, after I think like the third or fourth episode, it starts wearing thin on me. Oh. Uh, Nick Pizzolato, who is the creator. I don't know if he wrote this shit or not, but um, <laughs> let me tell you something, people. It was overly – the dialogue, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. I guess they were trying to be deep and um, whatever, but Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell fucking sitting there talking to each other like they're – like both read a book on philosophy and they're trying to impress everybody. (laughs) And then Vince Vaughn, the woman that plays his wife in this – I, like I said, I'm not sure. It, it, her name is Kelly Riley. Hmm. Um, she's got red hair, fair skin, big jugs, and her teeth were well. She has like kind of big lips, mm-hmm. uh, and like and and she her teeth. And then if you if you knew anything about porn, there was this chick named Anna Mall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Her first name was Anna, and her last name was M A L L E, mm-hmm. and she was real wild, dark hair, but she had caps on her teeth. Which, if she had a little bit of an overbite to start with, when they put caps on their teeth, it makes their teeth look thicker. Yeah, and it makes them talk funny. I saw a commercial where they have this, uh, you know, like when you, like if you played sports, you, like football or something like that, and they give you a mouthpiece. Right. 
put it on over your teeth. They sell these teeth on TV. Like if you have crooked teeth, it's like almost like a mouthpiece, but it's white. Oh, like Invisalign or something. Yeah, and you put those on. Yeah, yeah. But then they show the people, and I feel sorry for the. I know they're actors in the commercial, but I just think you know there's probably these people that are poor that can't afford to get their teeth fixed. And they go and buy these things and wear them out like on a date or to work someday. And the people are probably looking at them going, oh, my God, I don't want to say anything, but that looks ridiculous because it makes them all look like they're sitting there at dinner and they're eating like they have big Maybe that's not Invisalign. I don't know what that is. It's something like that. Well, they're, they're cheap The Invisalign, the di- yeah, okay. The, the Invisalign come, actually comes from the dentist. Yeah, this doesn't come from the dentist. This comes from like QVC or something. Oh, they wow. Show- I would never straighten my teeth by myself. Fuck that. Well, it doesn't straighten them. It just puts straight teeth over top of your teeth. Oh, my God. Like that's like horrible. A, I've never heard like of this. And, it, and so it makes it a lot bigger. So it's like your top teeth are sticking out. And it's like, hi, how are you? I'm going out on a date. Or I'm going to a job interview, and I'm talking like this. And especially if you – okay, if somebody didn't know <clears> you, they just think that you had kind of bucky teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you – if somebody knew you and then like, it's like if you're bald and you work with the same people for 10 years and one day you walk in with a toupee on, <laughs> you don't say anything and nobody says anything to you, but they're all going, what the fuck? Uh, okay. So anyway, um, by the end, okay, this ends up being, I, I couldn't even, I, some, by the end I was like, who the fuck are they talking about? I don't even remember who What's going on? What the hell happened? Who they're talking about people that they maybe mentioned like once or twice in one in one minute of a, of the first episode, and it all comes together at the end. But I couldn't even remember. Vince Vaughn really, oh, him and that that wife was just something else. I I mean, like I said, maybe she's a good actress, but it may have been the uh, the the uh, dialogue. Yeah. And then Taylor Kish is in it. They threw everything but the kitchen sink in this motherfucker as far as trying to shock you or whatever, and it it did. I've never even seen the first season still. Yeah, the first season was pretty good up until the last episode, and then it got – there was some stuff that happened, and I was hmm. like, give me a f- – not even the, the – I, mean I mean the last episode, like the last three to four minutes of it, just fucking um, it didn't kill the whole thing right but if i ever watch it again i will watch up to that last three minutes and turn it off yeah the 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 show lost was like that for me i spent i dedicated life to this show (laughs) and the last episode just shit on the whole thing yeah (laughs) like five years (laughs) the one thing about these the both of these is like i said they're only like eight episodes so you can go well now the last episode of this one was like an hour and a half long that's why I had to come home this morning and watch Robert Conrad because like, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch this motherfucker. And then I was like, well, I'm going to finish up true today. And I, st- I haven't started it yet, but I got, um, I subscribed to the, um, uh, f- the new Fargo, the new season. Oh my God. So I have Fargo to watch. I have, uh, Legion to watch. I have, Legion's I never good. finished the first season of preacher. Oh, you never finished that? No, uh, no. Nope. I don't think I even finished the second season of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Man, 
the fuck do you do with your life? I've been asking myself that for the better part Stop of 20 years. Stupid <laughs> studying bullshit. Oh, I don't, I'm not studying. Yeah, just that. <laughs> That's, you know. Studying. Oh, and then we got, we got the huge disappointment that uh, Loaf and I, our annual um, uh, oh, yeah. get together got canceled. So due to. Um, Who knows what? Uh, yeah, something's going on. I don't, well, he's just, you know, our wrestling some backstage heat somewhere. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it's funny that they all were just decided to do it. You know what? I th- I figure what happened was a whole bunch of them said, look at all this money we can make, and he's not even doing it right. So let's just do it a few months before somewhere else, and we'll get all the people. And then by the time his rolls around, <laughs> nobody's, they'll already be like, well, hell, we already went to see all the same people. I no, bet you that's it, it might be it, it might be it might be good for them to have it in a new location just yeah. to get a different crowd. Yeah. But you know, I just figure I wonder how okay, I know Richmond from my house is five and a half hours and Charlotte is six. I wonder what the, what's the distance between Richmond and Charlotte? Oh. Well, you'd have to come through here, so it's probably Seven or eight hours. It's three. It's about three hours to Charlotte from where I am, and four, a little over four, maybe to Richmond. Hmm. I'm pretty sure you'd have to come through this area. Well, uh, let's see. see, I don't want to speculate. Oh, somebody! Uh, I, saw, I just saw a post on uh, Facebook. Eleven it's, ways yeah. Riverdale yeah. is already different from the Archie comics. So I heard about this on the. I heard about. Have you seen any of this yet, Riverdale? I know that they're doing some really, like even with Scooby Doo and with Archie, they are really. They're they're making like a they're making some kind of like, t- they're making a TV show out of it. It's not animated, oh. but I I picked up a Riverdale free comic yesterday, mm-hmm. so I will have to see what that's about. Like it's not well, drawn like Archie. Me a graphic novel about it, it was like the death of Archie, mm-hmm. and then I know they've done an, a zombie. Uh, Archie comic where like it's a zombie apocalypse. Oh, and they did a Scooby Doo apocalypse one. Um, and the I have still haven't read any, but the have you seen the new Flintstones comics? No, I I've saw I I haven't read any of them, but I saw like you know, the, they're, yeah, they're very much thing. not for kids. So because I think that they were doing some crossovers with like like maybe DC or there were so Marvel. well DC's publishing. I don't. Do, DC. DC's doing the Scooby comics. They're doing the Flintstones. I don't know if I don't think they're doing Archie stuff. I think that's still whoever the that company. I think Archie Comics or I'm not yeah. sure who the publisher is, but um, there's been some other weird crossovers like Hanna Barbera stuff with DC. Yeah, which I heard weren't, weren't great. I haven't read them. But. That's like with Space Ghost and yeah. Well, here's Scooby Doo and fucking Martian Manhunter. <laughs> so, that's kind of cool. All right, I want to talk about what I watched. Um, uh, I watched a few uh, Indian movies this week. What? Those have those are those can be an undertaking. Um, I watched uh, one. Co- well, they're on YouTube. So a lot of like Bollywood movies, the ones that are in Hindi, they often get a decent release uh, for home. They'll have subtitles and everything, but the ones in the other dialects can be harder to find but there's there's people on youtube that post telugu telugu is the main one 
that I would like to find, but Tamil and um, some of the other ones. But um, they post them on YouTube with subtitles and everything, and they look good. Mm. Um, but I watched a couple of uh, – one was just random. I don't even know why I came across it. Um, but I watched a couple Telugu films starring this guy – Shit, I don't. He's got a name like NBK or something, or uh, his name is uh, Nan Nandamuri Balakrishna. Hmm. Um, he is apparently a politician and an actor. He's kind of this like fifties something kind of chubby guy, <laughs> and has a big awesome mustache. But uh, apparently, he's like a big star <laughs> in, in these action movies. And he's a very, it's, uh, that's one thing I love about Indian action movies is the hero is not always like a George Clooney type. <laughs> it's sometimes yeah. kind of a, a dumpy average looking guy. Well, that gives hope for all of us. I think that's the point, honestly. I think it's but like, I do, a, but, but I do like Clooney. I yeah, happy birthday to Clooney. That sexy yeah, asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I watched, uh, I watched legend <laughs> from 2014. Um, this one, the story for this one so both of both of the ones I watched with NBK were like two like almost two hours forty five minutes long each. They're they're the and they're they're the traditional uh, Indian style where it's like eighteen genres mashed up into one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a he's got a really good he's got a really good charisma he's got a good look and in both the movies so they're both directed by this guy Boyapati Srinu and. Despite like his his character changes, but it's almost the exact same setup for both. The I did I watched Legend from 2014 and Simha from 2010, and in both of them he plays two characters. In one, it's like he plays this one guy, and his mustache is a little smaller, and he's not he's tough, but not quite as tough. And then he plays his brother in a flashback, who has a much sweeter mustache and cooler hair, and is way tougher. And then he has, and then in Simha he has a smaller mustache. He's a teacher. And then there's a flashback where he plays his dad and his dad has a sweet mustache and, <laughs> and, and then he, he uses the same ax. Like he has an ax <laughs> that he uses. It's like, it's got a lion what's on he, the side. What's he use it for? Like to kill people? Yes. So oh. these movies are so fucking violent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because I mean, there's like blood spray. Like, I don't know how many guys he kills in both of these movies. And they still can't kiss on the mouth or anything like that. <laughs> nice. It's so much more vulgar to see someone kiss than yeah. see some nutsack cut off. So legend was a little confusing. Uh, it's there's like a, a a crime family. There's like a, a some kind of conflict, and the son is sent away to protect him, and he comes back and finds out like his family's been fucked over. So he's trying to like now fight back against the crime family he's grown up. And I think he's a car dealer, but nice. <laughs> car salesman, like in Dubai. Um, but that's where I got confused because like, I, I don't know if he, his one character dies and the other one like is like the reincarnate. I don't know. That one was a little confusing, but the action's really ridiculous and pretty fun. But this one was all right. And then uh, Simha is one Josh recommended after I said I was watching Legend. Um, Hurtado, he's a, he does a lot of the Indian writing on, oh shit, what's his, where's he writing now? Let's see. I'll make sure to put a plug. Screen, uh, screen Anarchy? Yeah. 
He writes articles for them. Reviews a lot of Indian stuff. He's doing something right now for the there's a New York a New York Indian Film Festival. Um, or there was anyway. Um, Simha was a definitely easier to follow, and uh, the action is pretty ridiculous. It has one of the sweetest uh, beheadings I've ever seen. <laughs> Him using his axe <laughs> because I love the physics in Indian action movies, where it's like a dude will just slap another guy's face. And the guy falls completely to the ground and then bounces up, almost upright once again. <laughs> it's so, oh, they're ridiculous. Some craziness. Yeah, it, they're insane. Um, but this one's a lot of fun. Both of them are on YouTube. Um, I mean, just be prepared for, you know, not only action, but also not great drama, romance, uh, singing, Music, dancing. Singing, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So they're they're long, but you can watch them and they have an intermission, so you can watch them in two parts if you want. Uh, let's see, and then the other Indian film I watched uh, finally was the Lunchbox. And now this is Hindi, but it's not Bollywood. Um, there's the only music in it is a very quiet score in the back. It's you know it's an hour and forty minutes or so, and I I thought this was really good. This might be the best movie I watched the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, you this you'd seen this one quite a while ago. Um, this is the, it's written and directed by Ritesh Batra and, uh, it stars if, uh, Irfan Khan, who people would probably recognize from Slumdog Millionaire. Um, I want to see more of his movies, but, and the, then you have uh, Nimrat Kaur, who I'd not seen before, but it's kind of an interesting story with these two people kind of forming a relationship without you know, through by writing letters, her her lunches for her husband are being delivered accidentally to this guy, and she's young. She's you know probably thirty, and her husband is not. I mean, he's very absent. And then if uh, Irfan Khan's life, his life's definitely in a different place. He's probably you know in his sixties. His wife has died of something, and he's about to retire. So it's like. It's an interesting little dynamic it they tug, form. It tugs at your heart strings. Yeah, it's, I thought it was really I good. I remember liking that. I can't remember how I saw that one. I think maybe it was I – th- I think that was one of the ones that like on iTunes. It was on Netflix on, for a little while. Yeah, that's probably what yeah, it was because yeah, yeah. I was going to say I thought maybe it might be one of the ones that was like – they'll just say, you know, 99 cent, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Netflix for a little while. It probably was. That's probably where I saw it. Um, let's see. I watched Zombie. I, I like, I like uh, a little bit of romance. Yeah, it's and it's and it's not your typical romance either. I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was very well done. Um, but something that it, it was like, what was the one with uh, Ben Kingsley, where he is the taxi driver? Or no, he's a driving instructor. Did you see that one? No, I know the one you're talking about. I hadn't seen that. It's one a either. good one too. It, it it tugged. It makes you. It makes you. It makes your heart feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you're saying. I mean, sometimes you need a little. You know. You got to get that cynicism out, and 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 remember what it's all about, <laughs> pussy. And then go cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, a very late <laughs> Lucio Fulci movie, uh, uh, written by Claudio Fragasso, uh, Zombie Three. Um, I think it's also called uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters Two. <laughs> what? This one is a it's a bio zombie movie, so it's like uh, 
there's some kind of infection and the military decides to cremate the bodies and all the smoke from the cremation like rains down on this island and makes everybody else turn into zombies. That'd be kind of cool. Um, it's not, it's not a very good movie. It's very gory. Um, Would you rather be dead or be a zombie? Well, I guess, well, I don't know. Cause I don't think zombies know that they're zombies. So I guess it doesn't matter. Well, what if, I mean, okay, if you're dead, you're just dead, but what if they come up with a cure? So at least if you're a zombie, you can, well, I guess it depends on the type of zombie because there's all, you know, there's all the different yeah. zombie rules, but the, the yeah. traditional zombie rule is they're dead and just animated corpses. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all it's all uh, pocus pocus mumbo jumbo. <laughs> but I watched another uh-huh. zombie movie this week, kind of by accident. So I started reading this uh, this manga called "I Am a Hero." Uh, it's a um, it's about a manga artist who maybe hallucinates um he's kind of you know he's 30 something he's not very he's not successful and it's uh but it ends up being a zombie story mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting in how it's written because i mean the the first like 200 pages there's only like one sighting of a zombie the whole time it's really slow paced um so the movie picks it up i didn't realize it but the very, very local smoky theater had this movie. <laughs> so what? I know. And I was like, holy shit, I've been reading this. So now I'm curious of how I'm, I'm, I need to keep reading the, the comic, but uh, I am Maybe a hero. They need to advertise better. Yeah, I know. It wasn't even on the marquee. I, it, it must have been uh, on the marquee a few months ago, and they just moved it to the back room. So I kept missing it. Um, I can I dig into the private screening room in the in the back, um, but this was it was it was pretty good. It was uh, I, the special effects are really good. A lot of it's CG, but it's well done. Uh, this is from 2015, and I didn't recognize any of the actors or anything. Um, this is another. They don't really tell. I think maybe in the comic they kind of give some background of what's going on, and this one shit just starts hitting the fan like people have the flu and then all of a sudden their fucking eyes are googly going different ways and you know they're black veins on their face and stuff um but it's a it's a decent little movie and it's like the 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 interesting parallel i guess or the interesting tie to this the the main character is that in the stories that he writes in the comics that he writes the the hero and this is the complaint why he can't ever get his stuff published is that his, his heroes are, they don't stand out. And so it's kind of like him. And then I am a hero. So, you know, you know what, um, um, on a, on a side note, Mm -hmm. the term shit hitting the fan. I mean, you know, (laughs) whatever, if anybody ever did that, and then just like, Oh my God, it was in one of the airplane movies. They threw shit at a fan. Well, somebody, yeah, in, in one of the airplane movies, some the, somebody said something about shit hitting the fan, and then you see a fan, and pff, that's like giant, like pile of shit falls into it, and. <laughs> um, let's see. I randomly watched a uh, a Mario Bava sex comedy called Four Times That Night. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an interesting story. Uh, it's kind, it's a it's a guy meeting a woman in a park, and they decide to go out dancing. 
and then something happens and you get four different perspectives of what that something might be. So it's like she comes home and her dress is torn. So she's telling her mom, you know, he, this guy, he tried to rape me. And then you see kind of her take on the story. And then that guy, and he, and he has scratches on his face. And then that guy goes to the bar and the, his friend's like, what the hell happened to your face? So he gives his take on what happened. And then you have like his doorman who's a, vo- a voyeur. He's like, oh man, guess what I saw? And then he tells the story. <laughs> but like by the end of it, it's like, okay, okay. You know, it gets kind of, it's not great. I mean, it was kind of a neat idea, but yeah. it, it didn't pan out as well as I hoped by the end. But it was, it was, it had some funny stuff. Um, the, the, the women in it were super hot. So little Rashomon thing. Yeah. Going. Um, see i know what I, i'm a cinephile you are i would not have made that, i would not have made that jump ever uh oh i forgot to i forgot to write down one i'm glad i just saw that blue shit what was the name of the one i watched with judd nelson blue vice or blue, blue city city yes with ali sheedy yes. i saw that when it came out in the theater, but I don't remember Jack or shit about it. It's not good. I I watched that. And the reason I thought of it is that, uh, Walter Hill was a producer on it Mm -hmm. and it definitely had that feel a few times. Um, this is a 1986 movie with Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, David Caruso. Holy shit. That was him. Brat pack. Um, but it's, uh, this guy coming back into town, this, Apparently it's south of Miami. I don't know if it's a real place or not, but uh, and he's find he's found out that his dad, who was the mayor, has been murdered. So he's taking it upon himself to figure out the the, the killer. Mm. Um, not taking away much from it, except Judd Nelson looks really awkward holding a gun, and uh, Ali Sheedy is one of the worst dancers ever <laughs> in a movie. Ew. Oh, so bad. It says USA Today said, is Judd Nelson the smirkiest actor in current movies? Smirkiest. Smirkiest. Um, but what I, what made me think... He's playing John Bender, but in another movie. He No, he was not John Bender. And what the, no. the weird thing was, he his look totally made me think of Emilio Estevez in something else. It might have been Breakfast Club, but he, he had a haircut that looked like Emilio Estevez, I think. He had like some nostrils. He did. He, Mega, he loved to Mega flare nostrils. those things. They're angular, flared nostrils. Um, but what made me think of that is, and I'm the, uh, that I didn't write it down. I watched uh, in pre- preparation for finally seeing, at some point, maybe Boyka Undisputed. Yes. <laughs> I, I sat down one day it. last week and watched Undisputed one, two, and three in a row. <laughs> um, Walter it Hill directed from the trailer, like. It seemed like it was going to be kind of preachy, so I kind of stayed away from it there a little bit. I still need to, I still need to track it down. I think like a little bit of Boyka finds Jesus. Oh no! Well, he already did. He was he was kind of Jesusy by the third yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, he was like that, but he would still like break people's arms, legs, necks, <laughs> and shit like that, which I don't think uh, JC would was like into. So you don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, Undisputed was written and directed by Walter Hill, uh, Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames and 
an odd movie for Peter Falk to be in playing a mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still I like this movie. I've seen it. A, I've seen it a few times. Ving Rhames is such a piece of shit in it as George yeah, Iceman he's, Chambers. He's, he's kind of like Mike Tyson, except Ving Rhames actually has a a, a, a mean voice. Yeah. Oh man, like he is Mike so Tyson disgusting voice. in the movie. And uh, he was he was a good choice for it though. Oh yeah. And you know they call. They call Undisputed 3 Redemption because, I guess, Boyka becomes a good guy. The fucking Redemption should have been between Undisputed and Undisputed 2 with George Iceman Chambers not only transforming himself into Michael Jai White. But yeah, another person. He was completely so much not a piece of shit like he was in the first one. I mean, he was still kind of a jerk, but, you know, there was no, there was no borderline even. Like, he was hero the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Undisputed 2. I like this one. Um, Michael J. White and then uh, Scott Atkins is Yuri Boyka. Boyka. The, the most complete fighter in the world. Um, he is complete. And this one, uh, some stuff happens. I, I guess George Iceman Chambers was so hard up for money, he's doing vodka commercials in Russia. I can't imagine those pay much. Um, you think he could just do like Tenactin commercials in the United States? <laughs> Tough Actin Tenactin. <laughs> um, but this is this one had moved away from Walter Hill and that kind of feel to Isaac Florentine. So you know, slow motion ac- uh, action sequences and uh, MMA stuff. Uh, I felt I, you feel kind of sorry for Michael J. White having to pretend like he doesn't know how to kick the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, he's learning how to kick. Wow, what do you so know? All of a sudden, he can fucking do like a double roundhouse right after training for a week. Um, but it's a pretty cool movie. I like I like Michael J. White a lot. I wish he was. Uh, I wish he would be in the next undisputed movie because the uh, the boxer they use in this one, I have, I don't know him from anything else. Michael Shannon Jenkins. Yeah, he's not very good. Um, he's got a good figure. He's a good-looking guy, I guess. But yeah. Uh, but Undisputed Three was uh, also in a Russian prison, and this one is more kind of yeah. Boyka is back. This time he is fighting in the first ever inter-prison tournament with one knee. <gasps> yeah. Uh, the standout of this one is fucking Marcos Roar. As, uh, oh, yeah. As, oh, God, he was great. Yeah, Raul Dolor Quinones. He's fucking, like, injecting heroin into his neck and <laughs> <laughs> reading. I don't know if it was heroin. I don't know what it was. But he sits under an umbrella and reads this book. <laughs> fucking, like, his giant eyebrows. Uh, I, I made me want to find some more Zorora stuff because I haven't seen any of his movies in a while. Redeemer is floating around out there, which was 2014. Uh, I finally bought Mandrel on Blu-ray. It's coming in the mail this week. <laughs> Uh, which I saw in the theater and haven't seen since, where he plays like a super spy. But Zoror is pretty. I think I saw that. It's 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 pretty fun. I've not a, seen. The, I think I saw Redeemer too. Did you? That's 2014. Yeah. So, um, Undisputed Three. Still, it's it's fun. Um, the the American guy. I don't know. I mean, he's kind of a throwaway though. Uh, let's see. Finally watched on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Euro I did see Crime. Redeemer, by the you, way. You did? Was it good? Do you yeah. Remember? Okay. Yeah. It's got some uh, some uh, 
Jesus-y stuff in it, too. Uh, I wish Zawara would do more stuff. Like, he doesn't have a ton of movies. Yeah, he's got some stuff, new stuff coming out. Yeah. Two, he's got like one, two, three, four coming out in 2017 and one in 2018. He's been in a couple big movies, it looks like, that I didn't realize he was in. He was I, in Machete Kills. Yeah, and I don't remember. Maybe I need to rewatch that. I don't Machete. think I've only seen that once. Um, I watched Eurocrime, the Italian cop in gangster films that ruled the 70s. Never. Uh, Mike Malloy's documentary about uh-huh. Eurocrime movies. I saw that. Yeah, I finally did after the Gentleman's Guide plugged it, what, five, six years ago? Mm-hmm. I finally got around to it. Uh, it's pretty good. The I like the interview stuff they had. Um, Henry Silva's really funny in, in there. And Sabato, Ant, Antonio Sabato seems kind of like a jackass. <laughs> Um, They're going to get, uh, I think, Silva on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast here. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he seems like in the movies, you wouldn't. He seems like he, as a person, might be completely different than what you'd see on the screen. You know, like he. uh, I like the little outtake they had at the end of the documentary where he's talking about fucking up his line. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he seems like a pretty self deprecating guy. He seems kind of cool. So his face moves a little bit. Uh, but it was kind of neat seeing Chris Mitchum in there, and uh, he, and Malloy did a yeah. Chris Mitchum, <laughs> what a dick! What a what a stupid dick! Yeah, well, but I mean, you know, politics aside, a, it was kind of neat seeing the well, interview. I wasn't talking stuff. about his politics; I was talking about his hair. Oh yeah, well, he still has Fucking the same hair too. Stupid dick. Uh, so that that documentary asshole. It, got, it got me in the mood to see a couple of Eurocrimes. I watched uh, La Polizia e Sconfitta or Stunt Squad. Stunt Squad. Um, I didn't recognize anybody in this movie, but it was pretty fucking good. Uh, the cops like train these special forces guys to take on the, the mob guys, and that they call them the Stunt Squad. They all ride motorcycles and they all have yellow helmets. And uh, it's basically them tracking down this one guy who keeps uh, planting bombs in payphones in different bars that aren't cooperating or different uh, uh, businesses. And like, there's fucking like old ladies that get blown up and shit. <laughs> and, yeah, what a uh, it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, and it's very, it's one of those like very political ones. Like, you know, the people are going to take things into their own hands if you're not careful kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, and then I watched. Kind of the same idea. Uh, I guess it's a Euro crime. Uh, how to kill a judge, or uh, this is going to be a tough one. Per, per che si uccide un magistrato. Uh, this is Damiano Damiani, uh, starring Franco Nero and Francois Fabian. Uh, this is not, he's not, he's a filmmaker in this one, and he makes a kind of an art house film about this judge getting murdered who he feels in real life is too friendly with organized crime. Um, and then the judge actually gets murdered. So he kind of carries it. I'll tell you it's, it's two hours long. It kind of lost me a little bit, not like plot wise, but I felt my interest waning by, by the, by the third act, but it was fine. I like Franco Nero a lot, so he's got a pretty awesome mustache in it. That's how like his big mustache. It's, I mean, it's fucking like, 
It's all the way across his face. <laughs> it's thick and it goes way beyond the corners of his mouth. Oh God, it's like a good it's a good inch and a half over each yeah. side of his mouth, yeah. It's laying on his cheeks. Um let's see. Watched a, a, a Shaw Brothers remake of the Pam Greer movie Coffee huh. called Do Do How Me She or The Drug Connection or the one I watched was called Sexy Killer. And it seems like they're pretty much the same story and it's not very good. Hmm. Um, it was just an excuse for a Hong Kong movie to have a lot of tits in it. And other than that... <laughs> The fighting was not great. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a pass. It's all right. Wait, what year was this? This is pretty new. Nineteen seventy six. Oh, yeah. There's one called Sexy Killer Now from two thousand eight. Oh, that, that was, looks yeah. like it's got some zombies in it. Nice. Mm. That might be better than this. This this is a pass. I, I wouldn't watch this again. Moria mo, Moriras por ella. <laughs> that doesn't what sound. The, that doesn't sound uh, Chinese. Macarena Gomez, Aleo, Soras, and Cesar Camino. <laughs> uh, I watched the 2009 animated DC movie Wonder Woman. Um, mm. Pretty short. It's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of like it's her origin story. Lots of voice. Lots of uh, known people doing the doing the voices. Carrie Russell is Wonder Woman. Uh, Nathan Fillion is Steve Trevor. They, they don't. And I've seen a cool recent explanation for it. In this one, the invisible jet just shows up. Um, recently, I've seen how they do it. It's some kind of scales they the Amazons attach to it that reflect light in a certain way to make it invisible. In this one, his jet just shows back up and it's invisible, and they don't really tell how. Now, um, when 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 she's riding it, you can't see her, right? In the in this animated movie, yes. As soon as the hatch closes, you can't see her. In the comics, okay. same thing. Like with the scale stuff that they put on the outside, it's not that it's see through. It's that you just can't see it. Yeah, I like. I think it was the old TV show, or no, it was the old comics. You could see her sitting. It's in there. just sitting there, and she can fly too. So I don't understand why she has a jet. <laughs> well, um, but this gonna, the the main villain in this is Ares. Uh, it, it's it's pretty good. It's not my favorite DC movie. Now, but, would Ares um, be her brother or uncle? Um, Ares was... If Zeus is her dad, I th- Ares would be the son, like a son of Zeus, or was he a brother of Zeus? Okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I Ares, Ares is God of War, so I'm thinking back to... Wait, was Ares her Flash dad? Titans. I thought Zeus was her dad. I think in this thing, Ares might have been her dad. Yeah, whatever. DC, I can't get anything right. <laughs> uh, I have been reading some DC, by the way. Yeah, me too. Um, that fucking Suicide Squad, the the one that's going on right now, is pretty good. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm reading Detective Comics. Oh, the Bane Superman. stuff in Batman's been really co- really cool too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Rolf and some other people shit on Rogue One, so I decided to watch See? it, and it's still awesome. Yeah, well, I guess you know, to each his own. But yeah, I really and, uh, like... and they're, they're, the the Star Wars shitters are coming out of the woodwork for Rogue One. I thought that I thought everybody loved it, and I thought it was. Oh well, I think some people in the group are just like the people that that the shit in the fan. Yeah, take that, Rolf. This movie rules. Um, let's see. Got a couple more. I liked, 
both the la- I like the last two Star Wars. Oh yeah, I honestly like I mean I'm even fine with the prequels. They're not great, but whatever. Yeah, I didn't like those. Yeah. I watched those again a few months ago. They I mean they're they they could be worse. I don't care if I ever watch either one of those or <laughs> those three again. I I was just not even I mean it was just like eh. I, I'm a, I'm still I'm a Star Wars mark. It's I, I grew up at that time. I was five when I saw Empire Strikes Back, and it's had its teeth in me ever since. You're a smart mark. I am. A, I'm a smart for Star Wars. A Stark. Stark. Ugh. Wait. Man, that's my, there we that's go. Yeah. Uh... Um, couple more. I watched uh, rewatched. And I'm always worried about doing this. Uh, my cousin Vinny. I probably haven't seen this movie in 20 years, mm-hmm. and it's still hilarious. Um, do you think what's her name deserved an Oscar? I don't know. I was watching. I, I was. So. I was watching it with that, with that, uh, those those goggles on, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, she was good, but yeah. But I mean, there were. So I think that for some reason that there there were some. Uh, critics or whatever that just all of a sudden just fell in love with her, and I was I was like, this is almost kind of ridiculous. Unless they just uh, decided, hey, we haven't given one to a comedy in a while. Because, she won best supporting. Yeah, but still, I want to see who else was up for supporting actress, best actress. I thought so I, we have. I, I was like, Ugh. Judy Davis and Husbands and Wives. Okay. Uh, Which was good. Joan Plowright in Enchanted April. I've not heard of either. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave in Howard's End. And Miranda Richardson in Damage. Well, there Damage. you go. Have I seen Damage? No. Damage. Um, my Cousin Vinny is still really funny, and I think when you watch it in high def, you can tell that Joe Pesci has had a facelift. Oh, I know. He has like. I think he's wearing a toupee too. Definitely, definitely a toupee. But the he's got like the almond shaped eyes, and I'm pretty sure you could see like near his ears this like wrinkle of flesh trying to hide behind his wig, where it's like stapled to his ears or something. You can see where like they cut him and then and pulled his (laughs) face back and then sewed it back together. Uh, but this movie is still really hilarious. Hey, he has a movie coming out in 2018. Oh wow. The I need Irishman. to go back and watch some more of his stuff. Like I, I you know, I haven't seen him forever as Casino. I think I might watch that. Oh, that one has Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. Uh, the last thing I watched and, and Harvey Keitel and Bobby Cannavale. So that's uh, a hell of a cast. Cannavale, I like oh, it's him. A Scor- it's a Scorsese movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've only seen it once. So um, the the only other thing, I, so I went to Record Store Day uh, a couple weeks ago and. Had my my classic. I just spent too much and oh have, god. So what <laughs> you're, re- my, you're reverting. My solution for that was put them in a pile and don't look at them for a little while. <laughs> so finally, yesterday, I I opened. I, I thought you were going to say your solution was shoplifting, <laughs> <laughs> smoky theater. The um, yeah. but the. I, mostly what I bought was used. I only bought one new Record Store Day record, but um, one of the things I bought, so what I did yesterday, I finally opened up the new stuff, the new record, I, and I I cleaned. So whenever I buy a used record, I have this like spray stuff, but I, I wipe them down real good, make sure they're clean. Um, but I, I bought the Trouble Man soundtrack. 
Mm. Uh, so when I cleaned it yesterday, I was like, you know what? I feel like watching Trouble Man. Um, Ivan Dixon directed Robert Hooks, who is pretty awesome as Mr. T. Some other stuff too. Passenger 57. I used to like that movie a lot. He's probably a turd now. Um, I think I saw that in the theater. But uh, Trouble Man is pretty. It's a it's a classic black exploitation. I, I think it came around. Now when did Shaft come out? Because I gotta say I like this movie. Shaft was a year prior. I think this movie's better than Shaft. Definitely. Shaft has a cool like. You know, Roundtree is pretty pretty good in it, but the, I don't remember liking the story all that much. I mean, and it's got the the Isaac Hayes song and stuff, but I think I think uh, if you put Shaft against Mr. T, I'm going Mr. T. I have not seen this. I don't think it's good. I have to get a look. Yeah. But uh, that's all I watched, and I read some comics, like I mentioned, and. I don't think I've watched much TV because uh, I I didn't go back to to I, I made it to season two of Twin Peaks, but I haven't gone back. I need to sit down with that again because I've been watching a lot of movies. So. Now, are they doing They're, a new Twin Peaks? They are. So it's it's, it's starting in like two weeks. Okay, are it's going to be well, on what's Showtime. What's the premise going to be? I mean, what's it going to be? Is I don't know. See, I've never seen the original, there? so I don't know how it ends. So I don't know how they're gonna what how it's going to bridge over. I'm st- I'm watching this for the first time, so I don't know how they're going to bridge it. Right? Did you yeah. see Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me? No, because that's the that's a follow up to the series. Right. Yeah. I saw that. So I the the show's really bizarre. I mean, it's I mean it's it's David Lynch. It's it's a murder mystery kind of thing, but there's some things that happen where you're you know I wonder if they're going to bring it around or if it's just Lynch being Lynch. It's got a strange uh, feel. Yeah, it does. And they, and like I mentioned before, they love pie and donuts, and they eat them all the time. Oh, so, I do too. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, why don't we take a break and get a preference on the what we watch, what we review first? Don't even care. Okay, Detail Child of Man. We'll yeah. come back and talk about a uh, kind of a bleak Danish movie. Yes. Feeling the depression already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll come back and talk Dite, Child of Man, right after this. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can just keep a secret. Take a walk to the 
Alrighty, uh, Dite, Child of Man. I need to close up Robert Hook's page here. There we go. Or uh, Dite Miniscabarn. Uh, oh my God! Directed by Bjorn Henig Jensen. <laughs> written by Martin Anderson. Oh God! I don't even know what that letter that is. What's the O with the slash through it? Alan, we need your help. What? Neo? Ne- Neho? Neo? I don't Neho? know. And uh, the manuscript written by <laughs> Bjorn Hennig Jensen. Uh, starring, now, yeah, obviously nobody we've probably heard of. But, um, man, this doesn't even have a plot synopsis. You gotta fake it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna read it off Wikipedia instead. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, a tragic story of an impoverished young girl who becomes the victim of harsh social conditions. Yeah, sounds close enough. Yeah, harsh conditions. <laughs> uh, did, did you want to take the lead on this one or sudden death? I can do either one. Uh, how about you take this one? I'll take this one. Okay. Zom, what did you think of Dite, Child of Man? (laughs) Okay. This was brought to our attention by, um, I think, one of our Spanish listeners. Yes. And um, He's a Spaniard living (laughs) in Yugoslavia, I believe. Yeah. We were warned beforehand that um, (sighs) bleak, depressing, (laughs) And but you know what I will say this okay, it can also be inspiring and um, because I do believe that um, even though Dita, um, we go through her life from the time she's a little well from the time she's a born mm-hmm. till you know when she's a flowering uh, well a blooming flower <laughs> I guess blooming yeah um, she blooms. So, jaw okay she blooms and um what happens here is um it it goes through the different stages of her life but um the the social stigma it it like i was saying about the one movie with uh shirley mcclain and uh, audrey hepburn dealing with some pretty rough subject matter or Mm -hmm. controversial subject matter or whatever. Um, First of all, for the time a movie, I mean, this is 1946 and they're dealing with um, uh, unwed mother uh, and, and the stigma of that, the social stigma, which is, and I, I mean, it'd be, it was the same over here too. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you saw, like, uh, just as an example, Jack Nicholson thought the woman that Jack Nicholson all his life thought was his mother was his grandmother. The woman that Jack Nicholson thought was his sister was really his mother oh, wow. because she, she had a child out of wedlock. So because there was such a social stigma, the grandmother raised Jack and he thought that his mother was his older sister right um which god that would be so weird and and today you know i'm glad that we're kind of getting that we oh definitely i mean they're gotten away from that you you see 
a lot of women raising kids by themselves right. and things like that. So it's not as bad as what it was, but um, it's heartbreaking. Um, at first with with her mother, well, first of all, uh, also with this movie, you get a, 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 a real uh, kind of time capsule and a cultural um, education yeah. on, on, you know, th- this, this life that these people live where um, they live in, um, in uh, I think it's like only kind of like a, not predominantly a fishing uh, village, but that's like one of the big, big things um, there. Right. Uh, was, you know, uh, these fishermen and everything. And, and um, very, very impoverished. Right. Very, very, very. And um, it's very, there is very harsh things. And one thing that really breaks, broke my heart. And I, I see this even today where it just really makes me sad or, you know, really just, uh, you know, because I probably overthink things and empathize too much or (laughs) maybe not. And I don't know, but just seeing like a little child, like you say, you go to Walmart and you see some woman there uh, where you'd be like, oh, look at that. You know, Jesus Christ, you know, this woman's whatever, you know, the, or the family, you know, just yeah. whatever. And you and you're judgmental and act like a dick. But then you see this little little child there. And no matter what, no matter what, um, it's like when I see like in Uganda or wherever now where uh, these little kids are starving to death. Uh, literally where they're almost like skeletal and the mother's holding on to them and they're, they're crying and things like that. Um, they're just a little kid. They have no concept that there's something better than this right. or that things aren't like always like this. And, and, but not only that, but also as just little kids and being so innocent that um, they could be living in, in, poverty and total squalor but they're outside playing and enjoying their like you you would see like even like uh, movies or or footage of like little kids in the concentration camp like mm-hmm. playing because they don't know they don't they, they they don't understand everything that's going on as far as they know this is how everything is right you know or everywhere or whatever you know, and they just want to have fun or, you know, uh, enjoy life and, and everything. And then the parents are there and because they are more, they're tainted by this cruel, shitty world that we live in sometimes, um, <laughs> that I, I, I feel sorry for them too, because I mean, if it, if it's just them, then, um, Sure, it's sad and everything, but right. they can handle it. But when you have a little kid and it's up to you and, – and the one thing about this movie is um, her mother was thrust into this situation of being you know, a, an unwed mother and all the stuff that goes with that. And y- you feel sorry for her and her parents you know, try and they, – they are like – you have got to get married and, uh, and everything, but you know, still, and, and the reason they are that is because they're taught that. Plus, they want their daughter to have a, a normal life. Now, the one thing about this movie is is um, the mother. 
I don't know. I wonder if she went through some kind of postpartum kind of a thing. I think she was an alcoholic or something. But... Yeah, because she, uh, almost, almost, I would have to say it's almost like a uh, a mental illness kind of a thing yeah. when you. Now, I can see like somebody in this situation because of all the shit that's thrust down on them where someone rejects their own child and it's really harsh and hard. Um, and they, and they, they have the, it's stigma like you ruined my life, you yeah, know, and they have the stigma on detail already. You know, they talk about right. uh, even on their birth certificate, they write that the child's illegitimate. Right. And, you know, like I said, she's just this cute little girl and, you know, uh, but, this this kind of and I've you know we've ne- I don't you know never lived through anything like this where um, even the other little kids at school I mean she has friends but they even look down on her because I'm sure their parents are like stay away from her she's white trash from, yeah. she's from the other side of the tracks and everything but then the one thing that I that they it it really does suck. Because, like I said, she is just a little girl and, the, and no different than any other little girl that's there that she either wants to be friends with or that she is friends with, but they kind of look down on her and everything. Um, I absolutely love the um, – what they what, what they called – what kind of bird did they call them? They said something about the nest. Oh, I they can't remember. Their house something, the nest and uh, – they were some kind of birds that are almost like scavenger birds or whatever. But her um, um, mother meets this this guy, and he's kind of like a – I wouldn't say like a rag picker or something, but he he is kind of like a, like a the junk man or whatever, like uh, Fred Sanford or something where he has his cart, and he goes around, and he picks up you know things and sells them and does all this stuff. And, and you can see with like – like I said, with the times and everything, like there's one guy and his job is he goes around and he has this cart that has like a millstone on it. And, and he'll, knives, yeah. yeah, he goes around and sharpens. And that's these his brother. Knives. That's, that's junk man's brother. Yeah. Junk man's brother. But, but, but I will say this, you know, he, even though, um, maybe it's because of where he came from and how he had a social stigma of being, from the like kind of like a like I said like a junk man or uh, from the the poor side of town you know like Johnny Rivers who welcome <laughs> to the poor side of town um, but he has a good heart and he has like um I'm surprised that he would actually want to get with her mother because she was so fucked up and such a bitch um, but I She's think that. Terrible. Of course, because she wanted to find a man, she probably really, you know, turned on the turned that off <laughs> at first when she was around him, and then she gets with him and they have their own kids together. Right. But then Dita is he embraces her and and I kept waiting for the shoe to fall on that one oh, that he was going to end up scumbag or something like that, but um. He it, it it really gave you hope and made you feel good that that there was somebody that came into her life. She had um, her stepdad and her grandma, and her her she loved her grandmother and and uh, almost like got exiled, which was a good thing because she her mother just treated her like a 
Like, you know, it's almost like a Cinderella story where, yep. you know, they have the this this and the other kids, but except in Cinderella, the other the the her step sisters or in the in Cinderella, of course, were assholes. In this, in she's this one, the it's oldest. all the adults that are assholes. Yeah, she she's the oldest, and they're just little kids, and so they don't have that that bullshit, you know, in their head. Uh, almost like a well, I was gonna say almost like a prejudice. It was a it is a prejudice, um, and uh, but she but she does have a. That's one thing about Dita is even though with all this shit, first of all, I mean, it just broke my fucking heart. You know, here's this little girl and she's just this pretty little, you know, girl that has all the all of her future ahead of her. And then like when the other little kids would like either say shit to her, even like I said, the ones that were even her friends, uh, they kind of let her tag along, but they were little bitches. And um uh, but her grandmother was like really like a lot of people's grandmother. I remember, you know, my mom's mom was just the nicest lady in the world and would do anything for anybody. And um, and like I said, her stepdad really. I mean, even though he was from the lower class. If you want to say that, I hate even saying that, you know, classes there because it's unfortunate that it's set of circumstances, whether it, it, what country you're in or, you know, right. You know, let's talk about like, Amer you know, nationalism. Oh, we're from Mer America, the greatest country in the world. Well, you know, it's by no, no, nothing that we did or by any, you know, that we're born here as opposed to fucking Uganda or Somalia or something like that. You know, it's just, uh, it just a happenstance that we live in a in a country that we live in um but he seemed to be the kind of person that i guess maybe just even through life experience he decided that he wasn't going to uh be crushed by this and he had a positive attitude and everything whereas her mother was just totally destroyed um like i said i wonder if she well I imagine, and you and you see this as as the movie comes around. You know what goes around comes around, kind of a story um, that her mother and and you know her are walking sort of the same path. Right. But it depends on how you handle that. And like I said, I seem to to take from it. Um, I thought her mother might have had some kind of mental – I think obviously had some kind of mental illness because of some of the – which I've just remembered one of the things that she did, which was very uh, – Fucked up. Very fucked up. Um, I can't imagine anybody – It's but then again, like, you know, when, you, when somebody's on trial and they say, you know, for um, – um, What's the the you know the defense of uh, reason of insanity? Right. Do you know it's wrong what you're doing or not? Or or, or uh, it's it's a question of are are you just a miserable greedy bitch or is there something wrong? And like I said, I mean, knowing now what we know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just an awful thing to see uh, a parent how a parent could treat their own child, you know, yeah. badly. And I always f have found. I always th hated like when uh, a parent would treat one child 
better than the other or something like that. But, I, you know, I guess it's just a personality thing. But like I said, in this circumstance, it wasn't anything she did. She was she worked hard. She was a good person. You know, she had a you know, but her mother just rejected her because, like I said, I think it was almost like you ruined my life, you know. And uh, I'll take care of you, but you need to, you know, just get away from me or whatever. And um, like I said, the the love between her, even though the movie was, it does have a lot of depressing things and stuff that breaks your heart. It does have a lot of uh, stuff in it that um, that that gives you hope, where mm-hmm. and that gives her hope. But um, there's one point in uh, in the movie where there was there was one part of it that was a, a tad bit confusing to me because again, I started thinking that I was going to see with her stepdad's brother. When he showed up, I thought that, you know, I thought something really crushing was going to happen to her, uh, through men in her life, which it did in some ways, but not the way I thought it was going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, how they handled, um, as I said, like her being a blossoming flower, you know, when she reaches a certain age and, and, um, and, you know, puberty and all these feelings start happening, they handled it. It was surprising. Cause like I said, maybe it was because it, it, it's not, uh, uh, an American movie or a British movie. Well, I don't know about the English movie at this time, but, um, <sighs> I know like Splendor in the Grass with Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood, they kind of dealt with like the urges of, you know, sexuality and you, you know, going, you know, uh, uh, and that kind of stuff. But that was in the early 60s. This is 1946. And she is starting to have those feelings, those urges, doesn't have a clue what's going on, but, you know, starts looking at some dudes and stuff like that. And, um, um, like I said, for 1946, the subject matter in this movie is pretty, pretty, um, strong. Not that you're seeing anything, but just dealing with this. This is the time where that kind of stuff, you know, they've, they wouldn't really talk about or deal with over here. It's surprising um, to see nudity in a movie from the forties. Well, didn't they say this was the first, I thought I read somewhere that this was like the, the first nude scene from what is, is this country was what Denmark, Denmark. Yeah. And not only that, but I don't know how old, uh, Tove, uh, Mice. Mice or whatever her name was. <laughs> she was born in how... 1921, so she would have been 24 when she made okay, it. Okay, because she, she very easily She looks could very be, young, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and, I, th- and I'm, I, th- I would say she's probably, was she supposed to be like maybe like 15 or something like that or yeah. 14 or 15 or something like that. But, I mean, yeah, it very easily could pull it off. And definitely, like I said, you know, showing nudity, you'd never see that over here in 1946. They'd probably say it was pornography and, you know, whatever, pull it off. <laughs> that's why, that, that's why in, that code was in, with the Hayes Code. Yeah. yeah. But it's done in such a such an innocent way. There's nothing sleazy or anything about it. No. There, no, was, no. there was a part in this that reminded me of um, – shit, what was the movie? Anthony Quinn where he's the strong man. Oh, and, 
the, with the, the girl with is the girl like that's a clown. Lust, a lust, clown. Lust, Lustrada? Yeah, Lustrada. Lustrada. Um, in that movie, I found myself like yelling at the screen at Anthony Quinn, like, God damn it. She loves you. You stupid. Fuck. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, you, she's, she's an awesome girl in that movie. And she loves you with all her heart. And she just looks up to you, but you're just a big dumbass. And in this movie, I was almost doing the same thing in a part of this, where she meets this guy and he's such a fucking mama's boy douchebag that you just want to hit him in the fucking head and say, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell your mother to go to, well, I guess, you know, he needed to, he needed to tell his mother to, to fuck off. And, but, yeah. but he was, he was a douche and a fucking loser. Um, she was better off, but anyway, um, I thought this was really good. And like I said, I, it, even though it was depressing, I think that the, it, it um, it wasn't all that. It was there was a movie. What the fuck did I watch? The I want to say Terrigen, but that's the the fucking mist in the Inhumans. But it's something like that about the horse, um, and the whole movie is just dark and bleak, and these people living. Uh, it's like snowing all the time, and they're just miserable. This young girl takes care of her her intern sick father, and yeah. it's in just black and white and the whole movie is just fucking depressing as hell uh, and there's no there's nothing uplifting there's no hope it's just awful <laughs> and it I, was a good movie yeah but and i think one, what, what makes what makes like this one has a very realistic approach to it and you know you were saying that it's bleak but maybe it's hopeful but i yeah. think i think they leave it where it's just it's up to you to make that decision because you could take the, the fact that she hasn't hung herself by the time she's 15 as a sign right. of hope. But then, you know, then you have a line like at the end where somebody says, you know, there's so many ways of dying. They all lead down the same road. And it's like, is that saying that just nothing fucking matters? <laughs> you know, like you're, you know, any way well, that I, anything that happens, you're going to just die anyway. I you know, think, well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I, uh, but it's, it's interesting that they, it's not that, especially given the context of the time this kind of film was made, it's not, it doesn't have that ending where you're just like, Oh, everything's going to be great because maybe it's not when we don't know. I think, but I think that she already, it's the Turin horse from 2011. Um, I think that she already has a leg up on her mother because she's not a piece of shit. Well, yeah, and, and I, I just think that she, I think because of the people in her life, like her, her the positive people in her life, like her grandmother and her stepdad, um, by the end, I felt like it was, you know, she, she was, maybe it was because, you know, maybe I'm being an idealist or whatever, but I just think that she uh, was even though she went went through or was going through or was going to go through a lot of the things that her mother went through she was a different person and maybe and the she, maybe it's the whole that whole you know and stepdad kind of helped that bridge but right. you know it's it's kind of overcoming your adversities and being still being being able to be a decent person throughout it all 
Right. You know, because well, did you did you think like uh, at one point <sighs> the step dad's brother comes along, and he and and not one thing that really I mean just these people in this town I would have liked to went in there and just beat the shit out of all of them. <laughs> Like, you know, okay, what do they think that fucking, like, salami and, and sausage and stuff comes from anyway? I think he you was, know? was he making it out of dog or something? No, no, no. He would just go and get the scraps, like the, the pig's heads and the tails oh. and the hooves and stuff like that. But that's what they fucking make that shit out of, like bologna and that kind of stuff. Um, now, you know, of course, all the people were saying, you know, oh, he's, you know, uh, the, the fucking trash, you know, all this stuff. But then they ate that stuff. But anyway, but what I was going to say was about that is um, when he first showed up, you know, he's this, you know, positive, ha, 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 let's go and we'll make some money. And you, you kind of know he's like a little bit of a con man or something. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of uh, leery. But the way that she saw him at first was like, okay, it was almost like he was almost scary, but it was because he was, but because he was wild and liked to drink and party and everything that she was almost like, um, attracted to him in a way. And then I thought he was definitely a, a different, like she she was pretty much the 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 stay at home mom of the family. Her mom didn't do much, right. and he came in with. I mean, it, he was kind of like a, a a different way of life. You know, it's right. like holy shit, this guy just has fun. He laughs all the time, yeah. and he and he travels. He would go like from town to town and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And he would probably have stories to tell about. You know, all, like wild stuff, like partying, but not only that, but like different places he had seen, but. I kept thinking that something was going to happen there. But then when he came, okay, they, you know, they run him off or the, the stepdad runs him off and everything. But then when he comes back and he's in that bar, like the whorehouse or bar or whatever, and she's working there at that bar. Um, at first I thought she was worried that she was going to, he was going to recognize her and like do something like he was, going to be pissed and do something but then it was almost like she was i got the feeling like she almost had like an attraction to him and then she heard him like fucking and stuff (laughs) and and it was like then they kind of like lit the uh, but i think it was almost like a confusing thing where like a a girl or even if you're a a young boy and Mm -hmm. you're like 12 years old and you're starting to get a boner or something (laughs) and you see somebody like uh whether it's a family member or or a teacher or something like that and you're you're like see a, some tits or something and and you're like whoa you know i've never and, seen um, those before yeah what's that they move um but i think that wasn't i don't think it was I, i'm kind of glad they didn't go that way because i i think when i watched this there was a lot of stuff that I was expecting to happen just because I've seen so many movies and it's the easy road to go down. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Janet portrait of a, of a, of a teenage prostitute or a teenage (laughs) runaway where of course she runs into some guy and he's nice, but then he ends up raping her or, or her, her, like, uh, what was that movie with, uh, Oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and, uh, uh, Sherry baby. And she goes to see her family christmas and and she's sitting there with her dad on the couch and her dad starts like feeling her tit 
And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love Danny Trejo in that movie. He was so good in that because he what he he went totally against type. He was a nice guy and everything. Um, but anyway, that's another movie. Um, is there anything else you have to? No, I, um, I mean we've covered it pretty well. Um, you know, there's it's uh, it's it's a lot of. Um, kind of the haves and the have-nots in this movie. You see some of the people that live a, a, a better life, and so to speak, because of money or whatever. And then you have you know, you know you have people that deal with the poverty in one way, in you know finding what st- what they still have, and then you have people that are they scrape by in other ways. Um, you know, her grandfather works himself to death essentially. Mom is very desperate for money. In a way, I guess you could say, um, you got the uncle being shysty, but then you know you have the the I guess that was the mayor or whatever kind of looking down on them, saying, you know, you poor people need to do things differently. Be content with what you have. Well, another thing is it's it's uh, as far as the time period goes, it's definitely a man's world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as a child of man, um, uh, even even without the. Um, without the uh, unwed mother thing and stuff like that. Uh, and that stigma uh, that, that falls on her from the a- actions of her mother, which is no fault of her own. Uh, this is still 1946. And this is a world where the mother or the women, you know, they cook, they clean, uh, they do housework, even if as a job they're doing, you know, housework or helping like that yep. at, while the man goes out and provides. Yep. So, but you do um, the best you can. One thing I did wonder is why Granny, uh, had, why would they? Why did they drink the coffee out of the saucer? What, I've never I seen well, that before. That was weird. I maybe it was um, just because she's laying in bed or something. Maybe it's easier. I think that would be even harder to do. Like yeah, I don't know. Coffee everywhere, but it definitely. I I never thought of doing that before. But I like the soaking the cube of sugar in the coffee. And eating the sugar, that, that, was, that looked pretty good. Well, and that's another thing that's like, um, you know, we take for granted, like now, you know, you, especially when you have your own job and everything, if you want to go and um, um, go to the store and get some fucking candy or get some ice cream or stop at a drive through and get some food and everything, we have it so good where this reminds me of almost like um, when I when I watched, um, what was the, the it was the the TV movie that became the Waltons. Mm. It was called like the a, a Christmas story and Patricia Neal played the mother of the Waltons. All the kids ended up, I think being the same kids that were on the Waltons TV show, but Patricia Neal was the mother and Leif Erickson who was in on the waterfront and other movies. He, uh, he was the dad and he was gone the whole time and they were waiting for him to come for Christmas. Uh, if he's going to make it because of a snowstorm, but they, it took place during the depression and like these little kids, it was a big thing for them to get a, a sugar cube. Yeah. A piece of candy or. Yeah. And for, you know, and I went I mean, yesterday to the farmer's market and I bought a pint of strawberries <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? That's probably not enough. And I bought another one to go along with it. <laughs> uh, and that was, that was what I did right before we started recording. I went and I just stood over the sink and I was just like shoving strawberries into my mouth. <laughs> just, <gasps> I mean, not to go off on a social justice warrior thing or whatever. I mean, 
uh, you know, what do they say? Like, uh, we're the richest country in the world and half the fucking population is living in poverty. So, yeah. I mean, there's people that are, that are, there's people, I was going to say there's people that are living like this. There's people that are living worse than this in the United States, you know, homeless people and stuff like that, which I watched that movie, um, being Flynn with, um, De Niro and, uh, oh, what was the other name for that? Another, another night and another sucky night in bullshit city or bullshit city. night in suck city yeah. or yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul Dano. And I mean, it had a lot to do with, you know, the homeless and people living in shelters and stuff like that. And you see people like Ben Carson today, or, you know, just the other day saying, you know, we shouldn't make shelters, uh, comfortable because then people will want to live in them. They'll want to go there and stay. Ugh. You know, it's, it's just, a. Do you see that the, one guy that was saying like, Nobody has ever died due to lack of health care, lack of accessible health care. What was another guy the other day about um, Jimmy Kimmel talking about his kid and that asshole comes out and says, you know, I'm sorry about Jimmy Kimmel and his kid, but, you know, just because your kid's sick doesn't mean I should have to pay for it. God, David Lynch still has some great fucking hair. I hate people. I just posted a I posted a picture a little thing a tw- two weeks Twin Peaks thing in the group and he's he's just eating a donut man his hair is still pretty great. How old is he? I don't know seventies maybe. You have a fucking big shock of hair. I know, but it doesn't. I, it's it's very lifeless. It's I very turned, like it's very. Yeah, yeah. He's got some hair. Yeah. I, I when I was thirty. I just remember going to the swimming pool and my girlfriend was a, was a lifeguard. So we knew all the lifeguards and everything. And when the pool shut down, we'd hang out and swim. And she goes, you know, my hair is all wet and everything. She goes, are you losing your hair? Are you starting to lose your hair? Because on the sides it was, you know, when it was wet, it was still, you know, you couldn't see my scalp, but on, on the top and in the front, I still had a lot of hair, but you could see that it was thinner. And I was like, what? I think, well, and I get like the, uh, the the Kim Jong Il hair when I get out of the shower where it's still like flat on the top but then the sides are starting to get fluffy. You gotta wear it like Mo Howard. I need you know, just, I need David Lynch's haircut. Look at this asshole. Leave it at a bowl cut and cut and comb everything straight down. Yuck yuck yuck. He's got some good hair. I'm I'm gonna maybe I'll take a picture of David Lynch next time I get my haircut. He's an odd person. I bet you five bucks, though, you would think that if like you hung out with him, he'd be really odd because of his movies, and he would be boring. Well, yeah, on his Twitter, he just like posts like, you know, I I refinished a, a table today. <laughs> Yay! Anyway, I don't have anything else to add on detail. What would you rate it? Oh my gosh, I'd probably give this like a. Point seven five. I thought Ooh. it was really good, um, and even though, like I said, it was it made me more mad. Well, mad and sad. I wasn't yeah. depressed. It was just it, it made me furious at points, and it made me just my heart a- uh, weep for this, you know, poor girl. And I wonder. I kind of wonder with a movie like this. You know, I you know I've mentioned it before. How it it definitely has its heroes and villains, but doesn't manipulate them in such a way like it prevents presents everybody as pretty real like nobody's like right out of control so i wonder if i kind of wonder with a movie like this when somebody would go in it, their their frame of reference would change like who they thought well you know that mom wasn't so bad i mean she was pretty desperate you know i wonder with that kind of thing because you know 
it's not it's not like they're not playing the villainous music and and yeah. making you hate somebody. Just you kind of le- you're left to judge everything on just what you see. So. But, uh, I, I give it a I give it a seven point seven five. Um, with movies like this, um, for me, I gotta be in a I gotta be in a certain mood, you know. Like it's not a it's not a sit down and kind of leisurely watch it. Um, it's it's gonna want you to be invested. So with a movie like this, sometimes if I'm if I'm just if I'm that's not my intent in sitting down with it, it will it, they can kind of feel like they're dragging some. Um, Eh, I like Alan more than you. Wah, wah, wah. He's going <laughs> to like me better. Hey, they, everybody likes you better. So I give it a 10. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, I thought it was very good and um, a nice uh, uh, change of pace from a typical 40s movie you'd see, definitely. So, And this had to have been, I mean, I don't know if this, this area or anything would have been affected much by World War II, right? I mean... This is very soon after, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, but oh, very, very good movie. Um, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and do a very similar movie, uh, <laughs> Sudden Death, yeah. not to be confused with Sudden Death uh, from 1977. We'll be right back. Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Sudden Death, 1977. Zom, would you care to synopsize? When Ed Dielson's entire family is viciously murdered, he pleads with a retired CIA operative, Duke Smith, to investigate. He refuses but relents after Nielsen, Nielsen too, meets an explosive death. Deception 
international intrigue and ruthless syndicate of businessmen intent on raping South Pacific Islands, nations of its resources, keeps the peace fast. Wow, anonymous. Good job. Yeah, I'm glad he's anonymous. I'm going to click on anonymous and see. Wow, he's got a lot of synopsizes is written. 134,000. Holy shit. It's well, it's I I don't think that's one account called I think that's just they didn't. Oh. Like, any, anybody yeah. <laughs> anybody named anybody that didn't give their name. Yeah. You dig. Um directed by Eddie Romero. Eddie Romero was a a Filipino director who did a lot of these sort of uh, maybe he would he be like a like a Roger Corman of the Philippines? I think so. That's yeah. a very good analogy. He uh, had a long career. He made movies all the way from 47 to 2008. Um, I'm trying to see what else of his I've seen. I know we've seen. Oh, well, I think I might know him from uh, the, the documentary about the filmmaking and uh, the fil- yeah, uh, film. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I know I've seen Black Mama, White Mama, which has uh, Pam Greer and... Sid Haig's on it, too. Sid Haig. Um, I'm looking at his list here, and I don't was know. Was Sid Haig white mama? <laughs> no, I forgot her name. It was a blonde. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look it up. Margaret I don't Markoff. usually like, well, see, I don't usually like blondes. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how attractive they are and how thin and nice turns figure they have. Me turns me off. Um. No, I don't recognize. I don't think I've seen anything else of his. But maybe he I need was to definitely see a big Ang Asawa Kong Americana. What did you say? He was definitely a big part of that documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ja. Ja. Um, and this is starring Robert Conrad, um, Don Stroud, who's my favorite part of the movie, probably. <laughs> um, he's, he's Felton so Perry, who has a pretty cool name. Uh, and some other people. Um, this is kind of a uh, it, this is a, this might be an early example of former S- Vietnam special forces getting Black back Ops. together. Like, can you think of anything? I mean, this is pretty early for that, right? Seventy-seven. Like, when did they? Like, Deer Hunter came out in what? And that was like like former Vietnam guys. So I think a lot of former Vietnam stuff was happening, but not I've been retired for a while and I'm coming back into action. Um, I mean, I... Vietnam, they, they called me the best. <laughs> I'm still the best. Uh, now, you probably know Robert Conrad better than I do. He's uh, a, yes. He was a TV guy. Oh, Wild, the Wild Wild, Wild West. West. I used to love that when I was a kid. Jim West, the only cowboy that wore blue tights instead of pants <laughs> and he's he's not a great actor <laughs> i'd say but he's really he funny some, in this role he had some charisma i mean he had a certain charisma for a midget who is real cocky was he is he short oh he's short yeah i think he's really i think he has a short man's complex but he's good looking he's got a uh he's really always been like even when he was old he was really fit yeah, I like mean, what a physique this guy has. He's yeah. shredded in this movie. Yeah, did a, did a, I think he did like a lot of his own stunts. He was like one of those old school 
Hollywood uh, actor dudes. Probably got a lot of fucking pussy. Um, <laughs> wore bell bottoms a lot, tight <laughs> pants. Um, so you have him playing. He would try and be hip and say man, except he would say, come on, man. You know, it, 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 it sounded like an old person trying to be hip. He plays he plays Duke Smith in this. this is That's a fucking name and a half, man. Special Dang. Agent Duke Smith. Yeah, it sounds like something from Castle Wolfenstein or something. <laughs> Duke um, Smith. He uh, he has retired from the CIA life and lives um, in a beach house with his new wife. And I don't know who the girl. Uh, it's his daughter, it's his but like, daughter. Yeah. is it his daughter from a previous marriage? Yeah, they said something about his wife. I think she died or got killed or something. Okay. Like that. And then and then Buffalo, his his buddy. Yeah, and then and and the yeah the old dude who, I guess was there. Maybe he was like their. I don't know. He money, taught money penny he, or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he tra- taught, Oh, he taught them everything they know. Wyatt and Duke, everything they know. Yes, and he Wyatt, must have been like a uh, a. Uh, he was probably he was probably in one of the death squads that the that the CIA had. They went around murdering people, torturing them. And oh, shit. and his buddy Wyatt Spain, another another good name. Oh, and fucking Don Stroud as Dominic Aldo. He's he's about as Italian as I am. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He didn't seem very Italian. <laughs> Stroud. Uh, he looked like a surfer. He probably was a surfer. Well, I, I wonder if him and Conrad were buddies because they were they starred in the TV movie Murph the Surf together. Uh, surf, there you go. Murph the Surf. Um, so the movie opens with uh, this, and I, 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 I'll be honest, I got a little lost with which with what the government was up to or which, what this agency exactly was. Uh, but basically you got this president that apparently wants to go one way with things, and you have this government agency that hires the thugs to make sure that that doesn't happen. And by do to do this, they're not, uh, they're not hiring lobbyists. <laughs> they are, uh, hiring guys with machine guns to completely mow down his entire family during a picnic, including we would never do anything like that now <laughs> right? in the middle East and wherever. Else. Including children, which was pretty, like, they're blowing away kids right at the beginning of here. Well, now we just drop a dr- or have a drone blow them up. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind, right? Fucking a. Um, America first. There's tempera paint and blood all over the swing set. Um, and on a little baby doll, like the blood tear. Little, yeah, <laughs> a blood tear. That's pretty fucking. That was pretty fucking brutal, though. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I know this is a movie in the Philippines, and they're known for like the brutal violence they're made, but the little kids even get fucking shotgun right in the chest. Yep. And then I, I, you know, I, I had an immediate like nostalgic flashback about with that swing set because one of the swings on it was like this two seater thing with like a table in the middle of it. Yeah, we we had that. Yeah. And I didn't have a table, but we definitely had one on our swing set growing up. We had this blue swing set. I remember how rusty that fucking thing got. It's like a glider. And it was like, yeah. And it was, we had one of the swings on it. It had two normal swings. It had a slide on one end. And then on the other end, it had this thing where two, you could sit and face each other. Like you were, you were, and it didn't have chains. It had poles. Yeah. And it totally reminded me of that. I hadn't thought about that in forever. 
It's almost reminded me of a sex swing. <laughs> well, that, well, yeah. Mm. Since you always have those, they don't get rusty because they're in like hanging from the ceiling in your bedroom yeah. or dungeon, whatever. <laughs> dungeon. Here's my here's my note. <laughs> uh, this is where I could tell I was already confused. Uh, this agency won't help the president. I'm not sure why this the cor- agency is corrupt and tied to something or other, and maybe wrestling promoter Jim Barnett. <laughs> did, did honest to God? Did, did, did I, I thought to myself, okay, Jim Barnett. <laughs> was actually linked to some people in Hollywood, mm-hmm. specifically Rock Hudson. And this is a true true story. And Lee, Lee Majors, uh, some guy told me the other day that Lee Majors was, um, I think, Jim Barnett's uh, like driver, because Jim Barnett liked uh, uh, like uh, college athletes. Uh-huh. And there was a big scandal at the University of Kentucky because he would get the, you know these college basketball players and stuff. This was when Kentucky was really really good back in I think the, like the uh, the early 60s maybe, and they were I don't know if they were national champions or what, but of course the kids didn't have any money you know just like college students, and Jim Barnett would have these sex parties and shit, and he would treat these guys that would go to these parties like give them all kind of money and food and let them drive around and these sports cars and everything that were on this team would end up being a big sex scandal. And that's why Jim Barnett had to sell his, uh, however much ownership he had in, I don't know if it was Chicago wrestling or if it was actually Georgia at the time or whatever. And he went to Australia until that blew over. And some guy wrote a book about it, but he had a connection to Hollywood and when they said his name, I thought, man, I wonder if that's a coincidence or not. You know, sometimes they'll throw something like somebody's name like that yeah. in there and it would go over the head of everybody. But they'd be like, oh, my boy. You know what I just realized? We're not going to hear get to hear Jim Ross do a Jim Barnett impersonation this summer. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to his podcast. He does it like 5,000 fucking times. <laughs> my boy. My boy. My boy. Um, so anyway, people that don't know wrestling have no idea what we're talking about. No, no. Um, but but I did catch that both times I watched this, even <laughs> at double the speed, I caught the name Jim Barnett. Uh, so the, the 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 president whose family is wiped out um, since his own government or agency or whoever they are won't help him because Jim Barnett is an asshole and just wants to promote wrestling in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Special Agent Duke Smith instead Duke for help. Um, now, this is when you're introduced pretty much to uh, to Conrad and uh, Duke Smith, and uh, he takes he takes his his mail order bride and his daughter to one of the shittiest carnivals ever. <laughs> And they actually have carny wrestling at this at this carnival. Well, and you would you would think his okay. How old do you think his daughter was supposed to be? I think she was supposed to be like seventeen. She looked like she was about thirty. But Jesus Christ, she go. They go to this fucking carnival, and she goes. This was the greatest day ever. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, it's not like she was like eight years old. What a, what a shitty life she must have lived. Well, I know. Haven't her dad put her in a movie like this? <laughs> uh, but they have Cardi wrestling, and a guy like gets knocked back towards Conrad, and Conrad. That guy like, kind of reminded me of Ox Baker, the old, the, uh, 
But he's like, Conrad's advice to this guy that can't beat the big ox baker is uh, spit in his face and kick him in the balls. Spit in his face, kid. Kick him in the balls. He, he, he's, and he, he must have liked... Well, I guess maybe that was Duke Smith's like go-to thing. There's a lot of dick punching in this movie. Because well, he actually told that kid to do it, and then in another scene, he he told uh, Larry Manetti, who mm-hmm. was on Magnum PI, he had him, and he goes, "Listen, kid, you go for that gun, and I'm gonna spit in your face and kick you in the balls." He said the same thing again. <laughs> and then I, I, but people got punched in the dick a lot in this movie. Well, yeah. Um, it's way to you do got it. to see some pseudo. I don't know. I wonder how many people like actually knew any kind of martial arts in this movie. Oh no, uh, nobody. I, and I'll, I'll they, give they them Hollywood martial arts. Yeah, they're they are they're athletic. You get to see Conrad and and Don Stroud, and they're, they're not the like Don they, Stroud definitely did not. Don Stroud may have watched some kung fu movies. <laughs> But they, but like I said, like Conrad, he in, in Wild Wild West, he did some, like all his fight scenes and stuff like that would have a little bit of like, Holly, like a Hollywood stuntman judo mm-hmm. or karate chops and stuff like that, and like the punching and stuff. <laughs> it was still fucking entertaining though. One of my, one of my notes is actually cheap fucking kung fu. <laughs> yeah. Felton Perry puts his hand like behind his back and is blocking and punching with one arm. At one point, <laughs> like he was a master. And the and another thing I really like about this is almost every time there's a fight scene, uh, they start playing like porn sounding music, yeah. <laughs> like this waka 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 that kind of music. Some dirty shit in it too, like some dirty stuff. Yeah, like uh, sleazy um, whorehouses and that whorehouse was really weird. Uh, the so. We'll get to that in just a second. The, um, I'm, I'm leaping ahead. You're the one. You're, you're carrying the ball. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm like. You know. Instead of dribbling, it's like rolling off my feet and kind of like <laughs> somebody will pick it up eventually. Um, the the he you know Conrad or uh, Duke Smith. He doesn't want really any part of it. He's like, I'm done. I'm retired. And his his buddy. What was the guy's name again? The one that taught them everything they know. Buffalo. Buffalo. You old Buffalo. Angelo Ventura. He called him Buffalo like a million fucking times. Buffalo Tinker. Angelo Ventura. Um, so he thinks that Duke should should help the guy out. He so, just wants more some adventure. Yeah, I think he's bored. He's tired. Yeah, of- they get bored. You know, those guys, they're used to going out and killing and doing shit. And, uh, and then they're just kind of laying on the beach and con- watching Conrad get a tan. And gets scrubbed by his wife in front of his daughter. <laughs> she reaches down and fucking grabs his dick. <laughs> what do you Ugh. want for your birthday? I mean, all his line delivery is like, what do you want for your birthday? <laughs> she so, reaches down under the water and grabs his cock. He's so cardboard. Yeah, makes, yeah. Makes, some, makes some egg drop soup for the girl, for her daughter to watch. Um, look up how tall Robert Conrad is. I just got us a free jug. All right. I have no idea what that note means. Um, so Buffalo oh, calls oh, oh. when, when uh, there was a little gimmick when uh, Buffalo got a drink, when he looked away, Robert Conrad poured a whole bunch of water in it. So then he yelled at the bartender about the, the drinks being watered down. The bartender came over and Conrad said, listen, man, listen, man, um, 
I've seen him like this before. Better off to just give him a give him a jug, uh, or he'll he might pull a gun out and start shooting the place up. <laughs> so he, and then he goes, I got us a free jug. Uh, oh, and that that did lead to a nice little bar fight there. Five. It says Robert Conrad was five foot eight, which means he's probably five foot six. Nice. Robert Conrad Falk. That's not even, his last name was Falk in real life. Didn't know that. I said, let up, you motherfucker. Waka, waka, waka. That was one of my yeah, notes, too. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, know, yeah, it, but that's where the, the, the dick it punches shocked come in. me to hear Robert Conrad say motherfucker. It, I, it always gets me whenever I see somebody I've only known from TV yeah. use profanity in a movie. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example of that. Motherfucker. Um, Really, it's anybody. Like, I mean, think about all the shows you watched as a kid, and if you saw them in a movie using profanity, it was always shocking. Like, if you saw Grizzly Adams, like, rape a girl. <laughs> Something was, like that. That was the deleted scenes of, of Grizzly Adams. I'd watch Grizzly Adams in a porno. He had a pretty nice figure. Would the bear chest. be involved somehow? <laughs> Only if it was uh, one of those fucking bestiality movies from Denmark. <laughs> um wonder if that girl was from Denmark. Well, did we talk about that on the show, or were we talking off the air? That was off the air. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did take a note about a guy that um, got punched in the dick, and he falls down on the curb, and then somebody like drops lettuce in his mouth by accident while running God. away, which is pretty funny. But they so they the back to Buffalo. He calls up his uh, their old that was partner. Danish. Go ahead. Yeah, their old partner Wyatt. And uh, Wyatt's pretty funny, but Wyatt, I don't know what he's doing for a living now, but he's got some really expensive suits and shoes that he brings up it a few like times. seemed like he was just fucking women and saying, the South is going to rise again. <laughs> but he, uh, boner. <laughs> somehow Buffalo convinces him to leave his life of fucking women and hanging out, doing nothing in L.A. to fly to the Philippines. <laughs> to, I mean, you'd have to be really fucking bored. Come on down, man. We're going to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm in. <laughs> so Wyatt yeah. shows up. They throw him in the water as a, as a prank. Um, yeah. And if it was, I was thinking if it was modern day, you know, back then it was no big deal. But if it was modern day, you'd be like, God damn it. I have my fucking iPhone. <laughs> my phone. No. Ah. Um, but they go in part of their kind of investigation into this whole thing. They end up at this whorehouse that you mentioned. Uh, I like I like that his wife caught him later on and said, "You smell like a cheap whorehouse, <laughs> or you smell like you a cheap whore." Like a goddamn salmon factory. <laughs> um, but I don't know fish. what was going on. It, so, in the I, you see, there's a couple rooms. They were like they look in in this whorehouse. One, <laughs> there's a sheep. Now I get the sheep, and like, but like they go to this first room. And there's like a guy in like a general's uniform and he's like holding over some like a radio or something near this no, girl's no, no. puss. It was, a, it was a toy tank. It was a tank? Like an army tank, but a little toy. And he was running it over the pussy. Oh, so he was playing like army men on her vag. Yeah, on her vag. <laughs> it was like her vag was the Arden forest. <laughs> uh, I was Philippines in the 70s. It might have been. The guy was like, you, this is supposed to be for but it was so weird like like the sh- like like I, it was funny that they shaved they saved the sheep until second because i thought the guy with the the t- well what i thought was a radio was way way weirder yeah 
Uh, but there's, you know, there's funny line deliveries throughout. And then the, the Don Stroud, uh, they bring in him. He kind of becomes this, this Anton Chigurh type <laughs> where they're like, oh, fuck. Duke Smith's in on it. We need to bring in the big guns from Sicily. And they bring in the least Sicilian looking guy on earth. <laughs> he got long hair and fucking wearing a, a, a cheap ass fucking suit. Uh, I love but, the fashion back then. Cause like when Felton Perry and, uh, um, well, when Wyatt and Duke went walking down the street and he had like on a Robert Conrad had on like a pair of white pants and like, it looked like almost like a white safari jacket over top of a t-shirt you know in the philippines it's hot as hell and you can see like sweat oh. uh, sw- it might have been to cover up his gun though you know you wear a jacket to cover yeah up your gun. if you could sweat through a suit you know it's fucking humid outside yeah, it was hot um so don stroud becomes like uh well i was gonna say a one-man killing crew but i think he only kills like one person in this maybe. well he 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 doesn't he only kills if he's getting paid yeah and um, uh, he's very. And he knows Duke's reputation. He's very They're good like at uh, at dropping grenades. He's very accurate. That was very <laughs> fucking accurate, and that was a powerful fucking grenade. It was, um, but uh, and so the the second or the I guess the last act of the movie kind of becomes not only the uh, uncovering of whatever the fuck's going on that I lost. I lost uh, a comprehension of, but also (laughs) (laughs) Stroud uh, doing his thing, uh, earning his keep, so to speak, and trying to take out uh, Conrad and Wyatt also. Um, I don't have much else to add for this. The, the fights are funny. Um, uh, You know, it's not as like, it's not as like insane as like Rambo and stuff like that, that would come in the eighties. But, uh, this is definitely a precursor to those type of movies, uh, taking the taking the actors that are not local and having a bunch of uh, stunt men make them look really fucking good. Yeah. Um, Von Stroud's um, martial arts abilities were 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 spectacular. Yeah, I mean, that I was fight, like, oh my god, this is so. I mean, it was so good. And what uh, about that? Like the the very unsanitary way they make ice gross. <laughs> Just like what a big shack and they like fucking just like drop piles of ice on the floor yeah yeah into the dirt and stuff Ugh. anyway what, we, do, what do you what do you have to think what do you have to say about uh, it? what do i have to think robert conrad's hair was pretty cool because he 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 sort of has a comb over sort of yeah but not too bad i, I did like his fashion sense his little um 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 like i said robert conrad is one of these guys that if you look up Robert Conrad under a Google image search, I would say there's going to be at least 10 pictures of him with his shirt off. <laughs> I would too. Um, I have my shirt off right now and I'm kind of grossing myself out. Yeah, I, I do too. I look more like Buffalo. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to think. Uh, there was a one, there was one dude in this that was sort of like the CIA guy on the, the cartels side. I think what it was, okay, the president, it, it's your typical American imperialism thing where um, the president of the, he wasn't the president of the country. He was the president of just some conglomerate or corporation because he was a fucking American. Okay. 
And I think that he, whatever they were trying to do, he didn't want to go along with it or something. Now, the collective that he worked with, like the one guy looked like a cross between, well, I was going to say, like Jamie Farr in Cannonball Run 2, (laughs) where he's like a sheik with the headdress and everything. There there was another guy in this that played uh, the character of Dragon in the Iger Sanction, and he had a gay lover and Robert Conrad and Felton Perry, who I knew the only thing I think I may know Felton Perry from was the original Walking Tall with Joe Don Baker. Um, but they go into this guy's house and he's like a, this rich dude. And um, they they go up and bust into his bedroom and there's somebody under the a young boy under the covers. And that guy's, you know, going to get his gun or something. And uh, they get him in, and to um, to coerce him into telling whatever they were trying to get him to tell, they lifted up like the 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 bedspread, and you saw this boy's feet under there, and so they knew you know something was going on. And Robert Conrad says something about, well, if he won't if he won't tell us, maybe we need to ask his tunnel, which I guess tunnel meant his butthole <laughs> that he liked to fuck. And so then he says something about, son, if you don't tell me what we want to know, I'm going to stick my foot up his asshole. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you threatening him or is that like, are you flirting with him? So then anyway, <laughs> when they went to the whorehouse, that was pretty, like I said, I mean, uh, Conrad is in love with his girlfriend. But as soon as he hits the whorehouse, he obviously knows this, the, the, the madam and him have a have a past and she's pissed off at him because either he's not coming around or he's not fucking which didn't take him too long to want to get her upstairs and fuck her and then um nancy conrad i swear to god i'm trying to think what else i saw her in because i i seem to remember like back in the day like in the 70s he got her into tv but it never really took up well she was in uh murph the surf now was that his daughter I think that was his daughter, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, Nancy Conrad was born in 1954. She is an actress known for Black Sheep Squadron, which, of course, he was the star of that. And daughter of Robert Conrad. Hmm. At least it, well, I wonder in Murph the Surf, did she play Murph's girlfriend? Let me think here. Let me see. Dig it. Dig it. So anyway, Robert Conrad was getting his daughter in the business, but it didn't really work out that much. She was in Murph the Surf with him and Don Stroud and Sudden Death with him and Don Stroud. So maybe she was dating Don Stroud. I don't know. She was also on the Rockford Files, Black Sheep Squadron. She was one of the nurses on there. Barnaby Jones, one, well, I don't know if it was only one episode, and A Man Called Sloan which I wonder if Robert Conrad was the star of that. Yes, he was. <laughs> so just about everything she was in involved her, her, her dad. Um, so anyway, um, I'm trying to think Felton Perry, like I said, he kind of had, he had a pretty fit body. I wonder if he did know karate or something. Cause I know Conrad said something about him having 30 karate studios and uh, but he actually was he was in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh yeah, he was in RoboCop, and he was fucking in Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood or Magnum Force. He was his partner, uh, Dirty Harry's partner. So he was in a lot of shit. Um, but anyway, let me think of some, anything else that uh, pretty violent. Lots of blood, 
blood packs explode, exploding when people get shot. Um, I did like the the uh, kung fu team up fight scene in the street. Um, well, first of all, you had Felton Perry when they when they busted in on the the militants or the rebels or whatever. Of course, you knew they were rebels because they wore like red berets, and they busted in there and um, Robert him and Robert Conrad flipped a uh, coin for who was going to get to kick their asses. And so of course, Felton Perry wins and Robert Conrad just kind of takes out one guy, but Felton Perry beats shit out of everybody by himself doing his best, um, Jim Kelly, uh, phony Hollywood Kung Fu stuff, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and there, but there was one guy, and I was starting to say before, he was the head of the CIA down there, and he had like I, I, I said in my notes before when we first watched this that he looked like a cross between um, um, Bill Paxton and Max Bear Jr. after he was on um, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, he played Jethro on Beverly Hillbillies. When he got off Beverly Hillbillies, he grew a fucking mustache, always wore sunglass, dark sunglasses, and had like a, a big Conway Twitty pompadour kind of <laughs> haircut. And that's the way this guy looked. His name was John Ashley. And um, it said he was in Apocalypse. Oh, he was the producer of Apocalypse, one of the producers of Apocalypse Now. And he was in HUD with Paul Newman. But they, I think they said this was the last movie he was in. So I don't know what, how he died, but um, oh, he was also the producer of of this movie and Black Mamba, Beyond Atlantis, Black Mama, White Mama. Uh, he was a producer. Oh, The Big Dollhouse wasn't that Pam Greer? Uh, I think like so. a caged caged woman kind of a deal. It was a, it was a women in prison film, but it took place in oh that's early yeah that's Pam that's Pam Greer that might have been. That has to be early Pam Greer. He was the announcer at the beginning of the A Team, where they say, you know, uh, uh, yeah, Hannibal Smith and oh, B. Sid, Hag- Sid Haig and Pam Greer are also a big, a big dollhouse. This one is, so, is, I don't know where that takes place. Oh, it's Philippines also. But this guy, he was kind of a, he was kind of the typical government uh, CIA asshole that was just like. Uh, making everything happen. He was like an Oliver North kind of guy or something. Right. But anyway, eh, I think we you covered pretty much all, all of it. I had never heard of this. I was just, um, you know, I was talking about the, the YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. And I was, watch, I was looking, watching another movie or looking for something else. And this showed up and I was like, what the fuck is this? And for some reason I watched it and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining seen, for what it is. It was, it was, and, you know, and I will say this for as for it being like a low budget movie and everything. Um, and I don't even know, you know, when you say, I mean, everybody gives a different definition of so bad it's good. I thought this was pretty fucking good on a guy. I think they could actually take this and make a, 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 a more high budget movie and everything, but I'm not sure it would be as entertaining. No, it's that the, the, the budget and you know, the, the Corman feel of it definitely uh, adds to the effect. I think this is, this is one of those time capsule movies that wouldn't play as well here. 
Um, but I would I would love to see I would love to see like honest to God, Ness is probably stupid because maybe some of these I, I think Robert Conrad's still alive. And Strat well, there's probably a lot of them that are still alive. But I would love to see somebody like Tarantino put out a um a DVD of this and have like a director or not a director's cut, but a um a um so, like a little documentary about it and or have like Robert Conrad or somebody like that talk about the movie like with a with a uh, what do you call it commentary yeah 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 because I think it would just be amazing to, to to find out like how they got the money together for this who gave them the idea you know and everything because like I said that that uh, John Ashley guy he it said he was, you know, producer and everything. I wonder how this all came together and where they got the money. They probably got the money from like fucking cocaine smuggling <laughs> or, some shit. or white slavery. <laughs> Jesus. You know, I wouldn't surprise me. What my you- friend was in the, the, um, my one friend was in, I think the, was he in the army? He was in the army. And then I have another friend that was in the Navy and some of the stuff they told me about, like, when they went to the Philippines, mm-hmm. like my one buddy said, he goes, you know, of course they would go on like shore leave and stuff. And he said, I'm walking down this alley and they got these girls behind like chicken wire and you yeah. could just pick whatever you want. You wanted to fuck and right. see, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them weren't like, uh, even probably like 16 or something, you know? So there's some, God damn, I wish they had more. And I even tried to look up some stuff about this movie and there's not a lot of information, but then again, you know, you probably be bit better best if you wanted to kind of get a feel for it to watch that documentary, which is what machetes machete maidens unleashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. Our, it wasn't as talk- good as the as the Australian one, but it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you rate this? Oh my god, I'd give this like a ten. <laughs> I really, I when I first watched it, I was like, "We have to fucking, honest to God, I I thought it was fucking awesome." Uh, I think I think it was pretty fun. I give it a seven point five. <laughs> I'm not in ten territory. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I loved it. And even I watched it again today. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'll watch this again, you know, because I thought I got to refresh my memory because I didn't take any notes. But even watching it again, I'm like, man, this was fucking good. I thought it was great. <laughs> I loved it, it. It was pretty entertaining. I liked it. Robert Conrad, man, I'm gonna go watch some fucking Wild Wild West. He liked <laughs> to brawl. I have that in like uh, that very squad. very very local smoky theater might have Wild Wild West also. Oh, he would brawl in in the the Black Sheep Squadron was a TV show, and it was based on the, the this guy uh, Greg Pappy Boyington who was a like one of the best fighter aces of World War II, mm-hmm. and. The real guy, they were like the squadron that he was the the head of and everything. They were known for like like brawling and getting drunk and shit. He this this is a this is a uh, a thing like a silver and gold tie into wrestling and stuff. He was like a really good, I guess, like collegiate amateur wrestler. Mm-hmm. And and not only that, but I think when he um, got out of World War Two. I don't know if it was when he got out or if it was before, but I know they said he used to referee pro wrestling matches and he was the kind of guy like he would go up to people and be like, they, they would interview 
guys that were in his squadron and he'd be like, they'd be like, he'd come up to total strangers and be like, want to wrestle? And he'd get them down and like stretch them and shit and grind, you know, their head into the ground and everything. But anyway, in that show, they brawled. It was almost like Nick or not Nick Fury, agent of shield before Nick Fury, agent of shield. There was Sergeant Fury and the howling commandos, Mm -hmm. which they fucked up in goddamn the new Marvel universe, because it was Sergeant Fury and the howling commandos in the captain America movie. They can't, Oh God, they can't have fucking Nick Fury because Nick Fury has to be Samuel L. Jackson who lives in modern times. So they just make dum dum Dugan, the head of the Howling commandos, which is stupid. I've said, but the Howling commandos, it was, it was, they, they just brawl. Like when they fought the Germans, of course they'd shoot the Germans and shit, but they brawled a lot. Nice. They get drunk and they'd fight fist fight, you know, two fisted American brawling. And that's how the wild, wild West had a lot. Like I said, like a, like a, if you watch the Wild Wild West, especially the, the ones in color, you tell me that Robert Conrad is wearing a pair of pants. I swear to God, <laughs> he is wearing a pair of blue tights. Nice. And they do a lot of judo chops and fucking like judo, actual judo, but the judo karate chops and brawling. I have to report like that. The, I like brawling. I don't want to brawl myself. No, no. But, you know, that was the old days. Like in The, the Quiet Man with John Wayne. Him and Victor McLaughlin, they brawled. <laughs> Slobber knocker. It's like old wrestling. You had the scientific wrestlers, which were the guys that would put people in holds and stuff. But then you had the brawlers. Yeah. Were you a brawler or were you a scientific wrestler? I don't know what was scientific about it, but brawling. <laughs> people don't brawl anymore. No, they everybody MMAs. And, and, you know, the thing is, like, if you if you were, like, at a bar or something and people get a, like, people are vicious, like, you know, back then, you know, you would you would punch out, you'd get in a brawl, but then you'd end up drinking together and being buddies. Now it's gunshots and stab wounds. Yeah, they get the guy down and, you know, you kick the guy's in the head until he's in a coma, like a, you know, you know, good natured brawling, like a like a fun contest. Let's, uh. <laughs> let's let's go we could go ahead and do the the feet sack if you want um we're i can't remember what we're gonna we have some, some rolf questions i think we might stick to 10 today because we have a section that looks kind of more complicated they're not yes or no answers yeah we, we started like uh three hours early and we don't want to end at the same time we do when we started yeah we're getting close already um <laughs> <laughs> i think i read matt's a couple a few couple episodes ago the about guilty pleasure movies when when you're sick. Did I? Do you remember if I read that? I don't think so. I don't. I don't recall that. Loved having new episodes of Silver and Gold to shove in my ear holes. Well, he's definitely lost all credibility. Maybe I'll right. go ahead and read it again. Sorry, Matt, if I'm reading it twice, or you're welcome if I'm reading it twice. Uh, listen Matt to episode. Suzaka? What? This no, Matt not Su- Matt Suzaka. Okay. Um, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, listen to episode 202 while working around the house. Great reviews for Fast Company and Sonny and Jed. I've always been curious about Fast Company because of Cronenberg, but never jumped in based on the subject. Um, I'll, but now I'll check it out. Oot. Uh, going to track down Sonny and Jed also. Uh, feed sack question. Do either of you have a guilty pleasure sick day movie? And if so, what? Hmm. I, I don't. I will, I, I, most of the time these days when I sit down... 
to watch a movie. I prefer to watch something new. I guess maybe I don't really take a lot of sick days either, which is I should, but um, mental illness days. The <laughs> the I, I mean, Star Wars is always a go to. That's one I can put on or any of the, <laughs> any of the th- yeah fucking horrible. Um, any of the three original Star Wars movies I can put on and kind of have in the background. I, I don't typically, but eh. and then none of them are none of them are guilty pleasures. I would I'll I usually just watch new stuff if I'm if I'm at home. Me, um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know I, I like the um, anything with Lancaster. I like watching. Um, this one Marlon Brando movie, Moratory, with him and uh, Yul Brenner, and uh, Wild Geese is a well. It's not, but those aren't gu- guilty pleasures. Those are good movies. Yeah, How well, about he said, Avatar? He said Avatar but, and uh, Prometheus. <laughs> I'm still not. I wouldn't be a guilty. I've still not seen Avatar. No, that's not a guilty pleasure either. Um, Over the last few years, he says I've been watching the Adam Sandler Mr. Deeds remake. I was up sick, and this was on TBS at 2 a.m. For some reason, I latched onto it. I know it's bad. I even bought a copy on DVD, and now I watch it anytime I'm sick in bed. Hmm. Uh, anyway, love hearing you two talk movies in life. Keep them coming. Matt, thank you, sir. I like in that movie when... Um, was it wasn't, wasn't Kathy Bates. I'm trying to think who the, the woman that worked in his bar, and Winona Ryder, after Winona Ryder shows her ass and everybody knows she's a bitch... She so shows up looking for deeds, and that girl fucking that old fat lady that's the the bartender or whoever works in the bar gives her a fucking um, clothesline like Stan Hansen, <laughs> like a lariat. I mean, and just fucking kills her because she kicked her in the in the pussy, and that woman goes, "I don't have balls," and then she gave her the fucking clothesline. Look that up, man. It is like Hansen fucking clotheslining a mulkey. <laughs> oh, the monkeys took them with the best of them. Man, they were dumber than hell. Yeah, I mean, like when we met them, ooh, yeah. I thought Peter Sellers was challenged in that fucking movie. <laughs> so I watched those two guys, Bill and Randy. No um, wonder they fucking when they got the shit beat out of them, it didn't affect them. Or maybe it did. Maybe it did. Maybe that's why. Maybe they were super smart before they started wrestling. Jesus Christ, that was, um, that was embarrassing. Um, all right, and Alan sent us some feed sack. Uh, he said, hello, Zomloaf. Hello. It's been good to have you back in my ear holes at work, so welcome back. You have been missed. Oh, uh, oh. So it seems you may be reviewing an oldie with subtitles. What the hell is wrong with you? Why would you want to read a movie and even a colorless one? Don't ask me. Yeah. Uh, kid, we hate ourselves. Kidding aside, he was kidding? I hope you enjoyed it. I decided to give it a... He's talking about Dite. He's the one that chose it, by the way. Uh, I decided to give it a rewatch, and it turns out I may have been overselling the depressing nature of it. Uh, I remembered it to have a really depressing ending, which I guess it partially has, but not as much as I remember. Maybe, maybe your outlook on life has changed since you saw it last. Um, Anyways, I hope what it lacked in depression, including... uh, Excuse me. I hope what it lacked in depression-inducing material was made up by the kid peeing and the lovely female nudity. Oh, yeah, the kid just pissed, pissed all over his own house, which I thought was pretty funny. I don't remember. Honestly, God, I don't even Her little brother, that. like, that he runs out in the morning when everybody wakes up, and he's just peeing on the wall outside the house. Like, dude, come on, just three steps away. And they didn't have windows and shit, so or, you know, like, or they're not, like, 
it wasn't um, it wasn't an insulated house, so you know that just stank when it got hot outside. Uh, that is all over and over and oot, uh, oot. al. Thank you, al. The the Spaniard living in Yugoslavia. Did we talk about ghosts in the show last week or we last, two weeks ago? Okay, we did. I forgot. Good. Uh, all right, and then we still have a few Rolf questions. Um, by a, by a few, I mean a lot. Eighty. So we're going to do one section today. Uh, category five, life. Ugh, life. <laughs> do we have to? Um, you have to. You have to leave your country. Which one are you moving to? Which one do you pick to move to, and why? New Zealand. New Zealand. Yes. Why? Because Harley Race said it was the most beautiful. Uh, country on God's green earth. Nice. And I saw it. Well, no, that was Tasmania, but same thing. I would go. Fucking, uh, good. I think I would go to Germany <laughs> because <laughs> I could follow Rolf around and ask him questions all day. Um, <laughs> all right. Number two, I would go to Germany though. That's one of the, I've never been. And that's a place I just really would go. And I've always said, uh, if somebody just, if I had the opportunity to just move, that would be one of those places. Like, yeah, sure, why not? There you go. We all have our own thing. Um, you have, you can have a superpowers or a superpower. Which superpower would you choose, and why? Hmm. Superpower. I mean, I wonder how far this goes. Is this like basic, like strength or uh, invulnerability, or are we talking like? Oh, I would want to be like a stretchy, like a plastic, like plastic man, man or, or Reed Richards. Yes, <laughs> I think I'd if I'm if we're keeping it simple, I'd want to I'd want to fly, so I could get around to places a lot easier because I fucking hate driving and stuff. Mm. Maybe yeah, tell- but if like you were stretchy, you could like sit on the couch and just reach all the way in the kitchen, <laughs> or you could take a piss without even getting up. That would be entertaining. I just like plastic man because he's fucking funny and i like written reed richards stretches i was gonna say when i was a kid i always liked the guy of course maybe this is like a no-brainer i don't know but i always liked the guy on the team that was the strong guy you know like the thing yeah. or ever you know but and i like man. that that every single hero need, knows how to make uh uniforms or outfits that have unstable molecules so no matter yes. what what happens to their body their clothes don't just like burst into threads maybe they're pim particles um as <laughs> as you both love the movie fight club so much if you had to fight a celebrity who would you pick scarlett johansson <laughs> i think i would pick like i'd, I'd pick like a Steve Buscemi or like a kid. So just somebody I know I wouldn't get totally thrashed by because <laughs> I'm a coward. There you, go. Uh, you can travel back in time. What would you do? I feel like we've answered this before. Travel back in time. Fuck. I'd get the, I'd get the sports almanac. <laughs> and then go make a lot of bets. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds like, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, I'd go back to the Old West or something like that. But when you think about it in reality, not oh, everybody's no. It's hot. You can't excited. flush your toilet. Fuck that. Everything smells like shit and everything. Um, the past really isn't that great. I um, would, I, and I've said this before. I would go back and make my, have my, remind myself to make better decisions. <laughs> well, I might go back to like the, the 
fifties or something like that, where you can go back and see some of like the great sports stuff yeah. and, and like, you know, the old cars and everything like that. But it just depends on what you have the ability to do when you go back and in, in that time. Plus I think some of the women back then, the way they dressed and everything was pretty hot, <laughs> you know, um, you're a porn star. How awesome would your life be? <laughs> My life would be terrible. Honest to God, I think that would be really, I mean. I think it would not be good. I think it would be awful. Yeah. I I, I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, I would like to have sex with like good looking women, but I, 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 maybe I'm getting too old. Cause like when you're younger and you're really horny, you think, oh man, you know, that'd be great. You could just go fuck all these women. They're real hot and everything. And, mm. but the, but the reality of it is pretty probably, I think it would be kind of depressing. You know, like you see Boogie Nights, that, that movie. And they said it's, you know, fairly accurate where a lot of those people, they were either not really very bright or one, or the whole thing about they, were, they had a documentary not that long ago about uh, after porn and how you know these people would get in that and make some money and everything, but a lot of them end up with no with no money and that just hangs over their your head forever. Even the guys they would show them and uh, I'm trying to think what that one guy not I don't know if it Randy West or which one of them it was. And he would talk about like all these beautiful women, all these classic porn stars that he had sex with all the time and everything. And then they showed him and he's like, you know, 50, 60 years old and he's just sitting there by himself. He doesn't have a relationship. He doesn't have a, you know, anything like that. And he just thinks about like it kind of. I wouldn't say if it ruined his life in a way, but it was just it was just kind of sad yeah. He said he talked about one girl. I think it was that Christy Canyon, and he said I really liked her, and we really liked each other and everything. But because of what we were in, and and then he just ended up being a you know kind of lonely. Yep. Hell, I got that already. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. What title would a documentary about your life have? Hmm. Mine the would title? be mine would be ennui. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber is pretty good, but uh, <laughs> just dumb. I can't think of anything fucking dumb and like dumb. Uh, <laughs> your lives are turned into a Hollywood movie. Who would play you? I think he's asked this question before. Who would play you? Fuck, I don't know. What we should do is instead of who would play, because you know you could always say oh, George Clooney or or whoever. Uh, we should do who would play, like I say who would play you, and you say who would play me. But then uh, we might get mad at each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's hard to, that's hard to go. Um, when I look at my badge from work, I, and it might just be the picture and everything. I didn't have a mustache. I didn't have a goatee or anything. And I swear to God, I, I, and it's because I'm getting older and bald. I look like fucking Gene Hackman from that Gene Hackman Will Smith movie. <laughs> where I think, I think like a, uh, Alex Karras could play you. <laughs> okay, that's good. I could punch a horse. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I would pick... See, I would you. I would pick Brad Pitt. What? Come on. Yeah, with a with a mustache, with a big mustache. Older Brad Pitt. Because the the hair and the you know, the style. 
See, I'm nice to you. Alex Karras was Goldman. Not a bad. Like, you need a mustache though. Yeah, well, I mean anybody. You could just like anybody with a mustache. <laughs> just put just pick somebody and put a mustache. Um, no, you would need to grow a mustache for Alex and like I'm thinking like mustached Alex Karras. Um all right. What is more joyful, sex or food? The older I get, it's food because I'm not having sex. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because I have sex almost every day. <laughs> yeah. Do the fuck yourself. Um, exactly. And it feels pretty good. I mean, that little <laughs> burst. That, it's, some girl asked me one time, she said, what's it? She goes, what's it feel like when you like have an orgasm? And I swear to God, it's, I, I tried to explain it to her. And what's funny is I told her, I said, it's almost like a tiny little pinhead almost like a, a tiny little uh, uh, star that's the si- uh, ember that is the size of like a microscopic pinhead that suddenly just goes, it's like super fucking Nova <laughs> bomb going off. And, and it, there's this explosion. And then the, the, just the after effect that, that the, the fall, the fallout and all that there. And she goes, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay, you're right. It's not forget it. <laughs> It's like it's like a, a one one ten thousandth of that, followed by uh, uh, guilt and uh, <laughs> disgust. And disgust. Yes. I look for like a towel or a pair of underwear or a sock to wipe. But I, I often have that feeling about food also, where I don't really enjoy the food all that much. I just do it because I have to, and then I'm out of breath and ashamed afterwards. Yeah. I always hate when I when I eat, and I and I even think to myself, okay. You're you're okay. Just stop now, and then you continue to eat, like because I think I had a thing in my head from when I was a kid where they would tell you to clean your plate, yeah. like eat anything on your plate, because if I only if one time when I was losing weight, what I would do is if I made like baked beans or something, I have this like big spoon that has the holes in it. I would put one spoon of of that on the plate, and then I would just eat that, or if it's coleslaw or whatever, just one spoon, and that was it. But if I put a bunch of stuff, I'll eat everything that's on the plate. <laughs> so um, he's really running out of ideas here. What is twelve times twelve? God, what does that have to do with life? That's one hundred forty-four. What's the most memorable? Hey, one hundred forty-four. <laughs> what's the most memorable thing for you of school? I don't. I mean, I remember a lot of things. I don't know what's the most memorable. Most memorable thing of school was probably this girl i don't even know if i should say her name she wore i mean everybody all the girls back then wore the tightest fucking jeans but there was in this one class that was one class one year behind us so if i was a senior they were juniors there were like three girls in that class they always hung around together and they had the tightest fucking jeans (laughs) and the roundest asses and that's why i couldn't pay attention to anything i was so fucking obsessed with sex when i was in school if honest to god if if like my parents would have given me salt peter which or something that would have like killed my sex drive i'd been a genius (laughs) i i mean i don't have anything that really really stands out over anything else I mean, if if you want to count college into it, one of the most memorable is probably shitting myself at a subway. But I that story. We had a teacher, this this uh, woman, and she had a Pat Benatar haircut, 
and she <laughs> and she wore this black dress and she was so fucking hot. I used to fucking dream about fucking her constantly. And I was talking to one of my friends from high school um, on Facebook, just mm-hmm. like maybe a year ago or something like that. And I had never said anything about it. And I said, something. he goes, oh, my God. He goes, hell yes. He goes, I wanted to fuck her. Too. <laughs> but other than that, I remember getting in like to uh, a fight with a guy that was the quarterback of our team in the middle class. And like punching him a bunch of times and shit like that. But I mean, I was, he called me a redneck and it made me really mad. All right. Well, we'll end the questions there. We still have a lot more. There's still 30 more questions. Woo. Wait a minute. What if we don't do any more shows? Sorry. Does that mean we don't have to answer those questions? I mean, we don't really have to answer them now. Now I'm going to sit here and think who would play you and I in a fucking movie. A buddy cop movie with the two of us. Buddy cop movie. Hmm. Oh my god, it would be the worst. We would not solve anything. No, but we would, you know, like be like Bill Cosby and uh, we would be sad sack detectives like Bill Cosby and Robert. <laughs> you know, um, you can always movie? send us feet sack and <laughs> yeah, maybe some questions if you really wanted to do something like that uh, to silvergoldpodcast at gmail dot com. You can send us audio files there too. I still haven't made a voicemail line but i don't think anybody would use it anyway um and our show is on itunes it's on stitcher and it's on our website at silva what what i don't even know what stitcher is stitcher. Eh, it's just another streaming audio service is that that dating thing where you um you just look at the picture and say yay or nay that's tinder or, or so much gold is on Tinder. Or Grinder, which is the gay version of it. Oh man! <laughs> um, Maybe like Ryan, see Ryan Gosling and um, who would be and Mark Wahlberg. How about uh, how about just uh, Gosling, like the the Nice Guys movie? Yeah, because I'm kind of fat and like old. Yeah, you could Russell Crowe could play you. I'm burly. He's not as funny as I am, though. And I'm not, I'm not nearly as good looking and and slim as Ryan Gosling. Okay, well, I'll be Ryan Gosling and you be Russell. Okay. Like, Let's see who is who's depressed. It would probably be like Adam Sandler and some fucking other like Owen Wilson or some. It would be people people that like we. Rob Schneider. Eight. Uh, what's his name? What's what's the fuck's that one guy's name that fucking makes us. John C. Riley and who's the other asshole that made that movie about the stepbrothers? Oh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I don't like either one of them. I like John C. Riley. <laughs> John C. Riley. Ferrell good. just. And I'll tell you what, watch that movie in the Green Zone, and it becomes something totally different. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, the Green Zone. The green zone. Yeah, you. For, I forgot you liked that one. Green. In the Green Zone. I did. What's the I, what's that fucking? Is it Swamp Thing? I always get a messed up. I want to say Man Thing because I'm Marvel, but it's Swamp Thing. Uh, what he said something about, uh, I am the master of the Greek. I can't remember how he put it in that animated thing. You know what? Did you see the animated thing that I posted on the comic group about Batman versus Owl yeah, what Man? Was what was that from? Did somebody just do that at that home? That was fucking awesome. That was pretty cool. Because I kept thinking at first that that was, um, is 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 it Night Owl from uh, Watchmen? Yes. I kept thinking that's who it was at first, and that was the. I was like, "Oh my god, they're already doing the Watchmen thing!" But it's. I looked the guy up, and he's from another. 
like the bad universe when yeah there's like a there's like an anti-justice league yeah that was Um, good it's it's um superman like has to eat kryptonite to stay alive and uh, i forgot the other were those the ones that they brought they brought back or they brought from another dimension when superman turned bad and yeah, there was a there, well. There is a bad. The bad Superman is the one that eats uh, eats kryptonite. Then there's the the Wonder Woman, who's kind of the leader of them. Of them, is that They're, Warrior Woman or something? Yeah, I forgot her name. No, that's from the uh, Crime Syndicate of America. That's the name of the Squadron Supreme. Let's see, Crime let's, Syndicate of America. Let's see yeah. who's in the Crime Syndicate. Oh, there's not a list. Um, but there are. Uh, there's the the green the the green lantern guy whose ring, whose ring like, it's he he he's all about fear and that's the ring that what's her face has now, that she oh yeah yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah willed to be, uh, normal. I'll anyway. tell you what they're they're putting uh, Marvel to shame because I've I have some subscriptions to Marvel and I'm not too uh, Ultraman. Too, that's I, the name I, of the bad super. I guess there are some good titles that I still kind of look forward to, but they, they fucked that up pretty good. Oh, and there's a cyborg who's all, almost all robot. Have you read any of this, that, uh, the new cyborg comic? Yeah, I stopped it. I didn't like it too much. I like him as a character in justice league, but I didn't, I didn't like his solo comic much. Yeah. I dig. Um, cool. Um, Wow, we that's a way to wrap things up. Um, yeah! We did the feed sack and we did the reminders and uh, well, I don't know. What, I don't know what we're doing next week yet uh, or next time. It won't be next week. I have to work next weekend, but um, we'll have something oot soon. Um, yeah, I can see this Ryan Gosling has a mustache and he screams like when people punch him and stuff. And and uh, Russell Crowe has a gut, so that's pretty okay. That's what it is. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, put a put a few pounds on Gosling and we'll be good. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have. Zom, do you have anything else? Have you been reading Shazam? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. I have absolutely nothing. All right, I'm gonna go try and get some of this uh, poo out of me and uh, charge up the iPad. Nice. Uh, Penguins nice. got beat. Uh, Rangers won. Oh, the Red Sox should be playing soon. And uh, Pirates are—they win like every other game. So they'll, they're doing nothing. Yeah, Red Sox are the same way. 500 so far. So. Lost to the Twins. Great. Anyway, uh, until next time, this is a low Oot. Bye-bye. Oot.